Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Middle call! Heavy, hey! Oh, what's up, everybody? If you are uh, with us live, it is Sunday night. If you're listening to this uh, after the fact, watch this after the fact. It is uh, Sunday night. Middle call's holding his, putting his, got his arm in a sling over there. Tennis elbow. What is going on here? What, what, uh, we are coming to you after a uh, wild roller coaster of a day of uh, football. And uh, today we we've seen some things, John, we've never seen before, and uh, hope I won't ever see again. <laughs> so we'll dive into all of that. If you are watching on the YouTube, our podcast is down in the description below. That's great. I'm guy. That's John. If you are uh, listening on the podcast, you can check out the YouTube. That is in the description as well. All right. Well, share that podcast, people. Share that uh, podcast. <laughs> You know, the last show we did, Joe, we had some debate. We didn't really quite know what we were going to do. Are we going to come on live right after the Niner Eagle game? Are we going to wait until later in the evening? And uh, we we both decided let's let's wait <laughs> and let everything kind of simmer. Let's hear Kyle Shanahan talk. Let's watch Bengals Chiefs. Thank God we got a good football game. And um, and yeah, so now it's time to go. You know, and I, I think uh, many people listening to this, if you're, you know, watching on Sunday night, you know, listen to the podcast late, late Sunday night, maybe you've had some Tito's because I wouldn't blame you. Uh, you know, some people will say a single, a lot of people get doubles. Yeah, if you went triple or quadruple, uh, it, it might be the time to go with a nice quadruple Tito's and nothing but Tito's and just maybe like a lemon or lime. That's it. Yeah. Like, you want soda water? Do you want uh, some? Bubbly water? Do you want some cran? No, I just want Tito's and ice in my enormous glass. That's all I want. <laughs> Tito's handmade vodka. Uh, maybe on other days you could mix in some ginger beer, like John said, or some tonic. But if you go with just the Tito's on the rocks, that's still just a great choice because it's the unanimous judges' choice double gold medal at the World Spirits Competition winner, the Chairman's Trophy for the world's best vodka tonic, and uh, much, much more. 
it's still made on the same land where it all started in Austin, distilled from corn, gluten-free. Uh, get some more recipes for the uh, Super Bowl party, which is coming. You're going to go to somebody's house for the Super Bowl or the Pro Bowl, your Pro Bowl parties, John, or uh, you're going to ha- you're going to have somebody over, or you're just going to sit alone in the dark. Whatever you choose, Tito's distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Remember last year when the cops were waiting outside for Alvin Kamara after the game because he beat up a guy the night before in the club after the Pro Bowl game. Yeah, after the out of the locker room, he walked yeah. out and they were at Mr. Kamar, come with us. That's right. Whatever did that ever get adjudicated? Is that none? Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like it kind of went away. You know, beat up a guy at the club. No one really cares. Vegas get it tossed. I, I don't know. Just an off season, um, off season situation. Maybe it feels a long time ago when Mac Jones was doing the gritty. Um, John, congratulations to the 49ers who managed to play four quarterbacks in the 2022-23 season. Uh, a run that um, we'll probably never forget. I mean, a fourth round quarterback appearing in a conference championship game. I, I don't. I don't know if it's happened. I asked the uh, Chat GPT bot, and uh, it only gave me a couple of third string quarterback situations. So uh, we watch history on Sunday. You know, we can all. Say I even. I think you could argue five. Because they went a couple well, wildcat plays yeah, with McCaffrey, just, and it wasn't like they would not have ran pass. the wildcat. They, they would not call wildcat plays if not for the position they were in with a quarterback who couldn't throw because the four-string guy, the backup, who showed up in December was concussed. And honestly, it looked like he also had his elbow, shoulder ripped off, didn't it? Uh, like yeah, it was the same play. Yeah, <laughs> by Indomic and Sue of all people. You're right. I mean, to say it's it it was five because the only reason Josh Johnson we got to a quarterback. The only reason Brock played again as the sub for the sub is because Josh Johnson got got hurt as Jimmy was. Green, I, I honestly think up we could encompass last season, guy. We could encompass last season where they also made the NFC Championship game and lost. They had multiple quarterbacks who also were injured. Trey Lance injured. Hurt his knee against the Cardinals. Could not play the following week. Jimmy was back off also an injury, and they had to bring another quarterback, and Trey was inactive. And then Jimmy, I'm pretty sure, got hurt later in the season, and Trey came back, and then Jimmy just battled through with injuries. They've had more quarterback injuries than any goddamn team you'll ever see over a two-year period with the same guys just getting hurt over and over and over again. It's insane. Well, I think the other thing it takes to the next level, it's not just that their fourth-string quarterback played in the NFC Championship game. It's that their fourth-string quarterback is a guy who's been on more NFL teams than anybody in the history of the sport, Josh Johnson, 14 teams. I checked, John. He's been on five teams in the last four years, and three of those teams are NFL teams. Also an XFL, no, AAF team, definitely an AAF team and an XFL. Was there something other than the XFL and the AAF? Was there a back and then COVID, it got canceled, remember? I'm pretty sure he was in that league as well. He played in both. The which? I mean, he's he's played in all the leagues. Yeah, I've got him in the AAF (laughs) and the XFL. Didn't he play for the Niners in 2020? Because I swear to God, I saw Fred say, well, he, or George, he was here in 2020. Maybe he was a, he got no stats listed on the football reference. Maybe he was a, uh, on the team. Yeah, somewhere. So. USFL was yeah. Uh, that's to me that takes to another. It's not like Nate Sudfeld was the guy that came into the game in the NFC Championship game, right? Or or Chase Daniel or Chad Henney, a guy who's been on more teams than any player in the history of the league was their next option. And and I you know some of the post game coverage I saw watching TV was like, well you know you you never think 
then it's going to come to this. <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, if you're the Niners backup quarterback, you absolutely think it might come to this. You definitely think that. Is there another sport? I guess like if LeBron or Curry goes down, but if your team's fully healthy and you're in like the NBA finals, of the conference championship, like Kevin Durant went down in the NBA finals, like, Oh, where's he still win it? It wasn't until Clay Thompson tore his ACL that they were done in football. When the in college, even college, because like, oh, that's the next five star in the NFL. When the starting quarterback is laying there, or is like, oh, he's going to the he's going to the tent, or he's going to the locker room. You're like, are are we serious? Like the consume, we just get royally screwed. Whether you're rooting for the team, whether you have two thousand dollars on the 49ers, regardless where you stand, it is just it's not. Especially in this situation where Josh Johnson is the backup, you're like, are you really is this really happening? Is this really happening? He's he's out. Is it just like he's feeling pain? And it honestly, it wasn't until the end of the game when the game ended and you watched him talk that you kind of figured out what was happening because he stayed on the sideline, he came back into the game, he threw two total passes, but they were obviously like little screen passes. That that was just, just the most bizarre experience i've ever had watching football it, 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 honestly it, i don't think it's close i know i definitely games like that i'm invested in it's it's very high on the bizarre list uh by the way because Ch- chiefs and uh Bengals just ended worst way to lose game in which you play the weirdest one of the weirdest games anyone's ever seen that's what i would say the niners game was or right in the game you're gonna go to overtime Late hit out of bounds on Mahomes puts the Chiefs in field goal range. Don't even think it's close. I would rather, as a fan or a player, you're saying? Well, I don't know. Whatever. I say, answer I, I, would say answer. I, I don't even think they're in the same world. You would always rather be in the game and have a chance to win it and have the entire game to the last second matter than what the fuck we just witnessed this morning. I What we witnessed this morning... You, you, I don't know what they're doing out to torture people. I, I know we, you know, waterboarding, we, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Americans, other countries are. I would make people watch that. Like, that is torture. I, even Eagle fans are like, what? This is weird. The thing was just a bizarre, if you're not, that, that was torture. The, the Bengals, it sucks to lose on a walk-off field goal in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, not walking, no, I got field goal. Late hit out of bounds when you're about to go to overtime. Like, to me, the penalty is what makes it horrid. The sucks, penalty is he what? did it. It was it was one hundred percent the right call. He did do it. I mean, it's it's one hundred percent of the time. If you're out of bounds, you get hit. It's a late hit, right? Because sometimes I just hit. He was shoved. Shoved. I know. Shove is not as bad as a hit. I would have preferred to not see it, but Chase shoved him from behind. It's a penalty. It's a penalty. I would have preferred to not see it, but it's a penalty. I just hate to see a game end like that. Like a pen. Like you get the field goal because they were not going to get in field goal range. You get in field goal range on that play. That's what I hate about. Yeah, listen, the officiating today, start to finish, even in the bizarre game and the good game, was horrendous. I mean, all these individuals should be relieved of their duties immediately. They are so goddamn bad at their job, but I'm not going to get into the officials, but I, I think you would rather the entire game mattered. The 49ers game. I know what which game I would have rather watched. I 100% I'm with you on that. Yeah. No one wants to lose. Osai? Was that the guy's name? You'd, I, yeah. He'd prefer to lose like the Niners lost. He's probably the only one. Well, then he did like a fake the torn ACL. I, I, I'm good, actually, guys. <laughs> I, I I couldn't even imagine what it must have felt like to be him on that bench for the for Sucks. the, the Bengals. I mean, that's... Now, remember, they changed the rules in uh, playoffs 
overtime. Both teams would have got a shot. So even if you score, no sudden death. Remember the the pushback from last year with the Bills. So yeah, which is fine. That would have that would have been great. Which is stu- which if, I'd argue is a stupid rule. I don't care. I just uh, seeing that penalty in that spot where they weren't in field goal range was brutal. But at least I watched a four. At least I watched one four quarter football game today. Yeah, I actually left that game thinking like a lot of respect for the Bengals. That's just uh Joe Burrow is a legend. Like, yeah, he's Joe just, Bur- uh, and, and Mahomes was incredible. That that was just. I, I just thought that was what people always told me, like Marino Elway in Montana. He, YouTube just doesn't do stuff justice. Like you have to experience it live. Mm. What that is right there, those two guys, like that—that that is what I always heard about Marino, Elway, Montana. Like that's what that is. You like see the what, highest level, the best of the best. Like what we were talking about the other day. Like I, I'm not going to be surprised if 15 years from now we look back and we're getting, we had this era of great quarterbacks, especially maybe in the AFC. We'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts, and like two of them don't win championships, right? Like Burrow's clearly great. Is he going to win a championship? It's going to be. It's just hard. He's got Mahomes. He's got uh, who knows Herbert. Uh, so Josh Allen. You know, like Josh Allen and Burrow. That's probably the better way to put it. Are they both going to win Super Bowls at some point? Are we going to have Burrow, Mahomes, Josh Allen all going to win Super Bowls? Odds are, I think Marino never did. I think odds are no. Right. Aikman, Favre, Young did. So you just Aikman, Favre, Young. I, yeah. I I would say our generation of quarterbacks: Peyton, Brady, Roethlisberger, Breeze. I mean, most of those sweet guys did. Who would you say the only guy? Rivers. Like, I wouldn't put Matt Ryan in that category. Yeah, He'd be right on the fringe. Roethlisberger one one, Breeze one one. Yeah. Can you oh, give me Josh one second? I, I, the heat is cranking right now. I, I, I'm going to be screwed. <laughs> All right, John's going to go turn off the heat. Uh, while he does that, I'll hit a couple of these. Uh, pr- uh, Prince K.O. said uh, those Trey Lance up the middle plays came back to haunt Shanahan. See, what I was thinking was, does he still have those plays for Josh Johnson? But then I realized, I don't know if I've never really seen Josh Johnson, so I don't know. If your quarterback can't really throw, you'd prefer to run him. I, that's what I was watching this game thinking, like, all right, do, do we have any, like, a zone read for Josh Johnson? And then I realized I don't know. Can Josh Johnson run? I don't. I didn't love the idea. Like, when he came in, I'm just talking about my mindset. I don't love the idea of relying on him to throw, but I'm not exactly sure what it is that he can do. He actually hit some throws. Also he hit, hit a couple that... Yeah, I mean, it, he had some I, throws. I, he, I, I thought he, he looked better as a thrower, crazy to say, than I expected. Hit McCaffrey on a dump off that wasn't terrible. The fumble was just of the, of, there have been so many moments in sports watching lives, right? You mentioned like the Clay Thompson ACL tear. I would put the Josh Johnson shotgun snap fumble after he hit a 10 yard throw to, I think it was to Debo to start the two minute drill. And you're watching Kyle like, you know, a minute 30 left in the half down by seven you're getting the ball first to start the second half all three timeouts this is where shanahan loves to run on first down and see what happens you're like ah should he be you know conservative here or not and he's like you know what fellas let's do this and he hits Debo, and then bam josh johnson's just looking somewhere i don't know anywhere but the ball into his hands and fumbles and that was 
kind of well th- like. there was not similar but there was a play with Mahomes where the ball came out of his hand yeah I do oh, think oh. in the cold environment and Kansas City was colder than Philly he's on the sideline early in the game he's not expecting to come in now granted he'd been in the rhythm of the game but I thought when that play happened just a lot's going on in his mind right two minute drill thinking of the play like do I actually know this fucking play like I I, at halftime, I, I was wondering, like, did it cross his mind? Am I sure I know where everyone's running? Well, he's, so he's thinking of all these things. pages on the wristband. <laughs> and then I, I don't even, obviously, the one thing the guy really had, like, he's a good athlete. If you just snapped him the ball and he's looking, I think he catches it 99.9% of the time. I think he had a lot going on in his head. Two-minute drive, down 14-7. Kyle's probably like, we can get her in the game. They're probably looking at him in the huddle, like, just get us in field goal range. We go 14-10 to half. We get the ball like we're alive. That fumble. And it, one thing to fumble, it looked like immediately he fell on it. And then clearly it was like this pile was going, what is going on? And then who knows where that, that ball bounced because that was, I mean, that was the game. Was, it was the game. I'm with you. I thought live he fell on it. And then when you see the replay, one of the, I don't know if it was McGlinchey's foot is kind of there and kicks it off to the side. And it's, I mean, fumbles are never as easy as they look, but. That was that was the game. I mean, well, the game was well, many things, but well, think about this. You, that's why it felt like this is going to be. What was the worst way to lose? This or the Bengal game? Yeah, I'd say what was the worst way to lose? What everyone witnessed this morning or this afternoon or around lunchtime with the Eagles and Purdy and Josh Johnson, or just last year losing a real game with your starting quarterback the whole time? Oh, I think this. I, this is this is the worst way to lose. Because it's just you're just sitting there for so long. Because you weren't in the fight, you're burning alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great point. But you weren't in the fight, right? That's the like. It's one thing to lose. It's another thing when you aren't. You you don't even have a chance to get to the spot, and then you're not in the fight. (laughs) The thing just turns into a joke. You're like, what? I can't even. You're not allowed to talk shit to us because this isn't real. Like you guys get to win the game, but you don't get to blast us. You get to anoint yourselves, win the NFC. But there's no ever like looking over the dead body after the game, like you get to do with the Cowboys or you did last week with the Giants. That's not how this thing rolls. You don't get to do that, and that's what sucks about a big game. Like ultimately, the Chiefs, we beat you guys fair and square. You had Joe Burrow, we had injuries. You had injuries, calls shitty both ways. We had Josh Johnson and uh, Jimmy laughing on the sideline. <laughs> Ryan said, would rather have lost to the Cowboys than go out like that. That's not true. I, I disagree with that, but I, I, underst- I, I understand why somebody would feel that way. Right. That's the uh, better to have not loved at all than to have loved and lost, I would say. It's probably where that comes from. But, um, you know, part of what made the game so weird, too, for all like we can go through it. We're, we'll go through all the stuff that made it weird. But part of what made it weird is Purdy goes out, Josh Johnson comes in, and then the game doesn't fall apart for the Niners immediately. Like, they're in the game, right? Really, when you start with Purdy's injury, Purdy's injury comes on a fumble. The defense forces a three and out. They get the ball right back. Like, they were in that game, like really in that game, they were going to be in that game to start the second half, if not for that fumble at the end of the first half, right? It was going to be a one-score game. They're going to get the ball first coming out. Well, that's what's pissing me off. I, I like that's a lot part of it, it, I think, is it feels like it should have fallen apart. It was 31-7. to seven. It feels like it should have fallen apart a quarter before it did. 
Guy was seven to seven for the last drive of the uh, of the first half. Eagles scored, and then the Niners got the ball back. Like that was a real game when McCaffrey scored. So when I see all these fucking people on Twitter going like, "Oh, the best defense in the league, thirty-one points," bullshit. Like, I mean, come on, oh, that, that that's is not bull. Even, like, that's not shit. a real take. Like, get out of here with that. That, that is bull. No, that's a real take in Eagle Land. Trust me. I'm, no, I'm but that's not a real take. Like, that's you know. So yeah, it was when McCaff, but even when McCaffrey scored, you just went, you're gonna have to keep this thing so ugly. And even the Niners, who yearn for these ugly games, it still felt like it's gonna be very, very difficult. I had no faith in this quarterback. Well, that that's a great point, right? And then listen to the players after. Let's be real, they didn't really either. No, they didn't. But I do think, like to your point on thirty-one to seven, is like as the game as they got a score behind and two scores behind. All of a sudden, now it becomes a pretty stressful game for their defense. To me, when it's seven seven or fourteen to seven, like your defense can you you can it totally just, agree. You can convince yourself to play. Yeah. Now you're getting now you're falling behind. Now you're committing penalties. Now you're gassed. Now you're pissed. Now you're like that's really I think when you can oh, sense that, that, that was part of the TD part. drive when it was seven to seven. There was like eight penalties on the drive. I I hate hands. Well, there were there were th- there were three. First downs on penalties, yeah. I also hate hands to the face. Then I saw the penalty. I'm like, he's he's being held. I I know. I I I once I saw it. I as someone who hates the penalty, also I kind of understood it. Like you, you know, you can't. The center had or whoever it was had no ability. They couldn't see the controversy. You see the controversy about them jumping off sides every play. The offensive tackles and Duke, the offensive lineman on Twitter was like, it's real. It's like they're legal. It's like. This did you watch? Guy, did you he's watch? Fucking his leaping breakdown? back before the ball's even snapped. Did you watch his breakdown of why it's a loophole in the rule? I, I got about a minute in. It's like you're boring me. Get to the fucking point. I didn't watch it just because I saw it. I'm like, I don't. It's a loophole. Okay, whatever. My attitude was just like, I, how can you start before the ball is snapped? Maybe there's some you're allowed to like reset your back foot. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, well, that's it. That's yeah. it. You're not allowed to sway. You're allowed to reset your back foot. Lane Johnson is going like this. And you look, Kelsey has not moved. You're like, this is, he is getting a step. And he's like, Trent Williams does it too. I'm like, yeah, not like this. Because Lane shot out of a rocket, right? He's just, I'm getting texts like, are they jumping off sides? It's like, sure looks like it. I know. I get I, the I, loophole. I mean, I just, Sirianni Belichick? Or? I just know you're not allowed to start the play before the ball snapped. <laughs> and, then, and then, I mean, I, this did feel, this game got weird fast. I would say even before Purdy, the second play of the game, Fred Warner's laying there dead. Now, it was just a stinger. He was only gone a couple of plays, but that rattled everybody. It did. I, anyone watching that game who ain't rooting for the Eagles, and every Eagle fan's like, I hope he doesn't come back. Yeah. And then there was a play after a couple injuries had happened when Bosa's on the ground, and you're like, what, bleeding. see him get hurt. What, what happened to Bosa? And then they show the review. He gets leg whipped when he's on the fucking sidelines. And even he said, yeah, it's uh, not a good sign when you get taken out when you're on the sidelines. I think he said a, a cleat went an inch into his leg. I don't know, he was bleeding profusely for the rest he of the game. He said an inch to two inches. <laughs> he was bleeding the rest of the game from that play. That was an ex- that was a, a yeah a very bad omen. That was a very he got bad leg whipped. And honestly, it, if he didn't jump, he might have got really taken out. I mean, he kind of avoided it a little bit, right? He was air bo- airbound by the time the guy kind of clipped him. Well, how about the how about the inactives come out a few hours before the game and Elijah Mitchell it just isn't playing. That was the other one. That was the one that really started the day, I think. Then the Fred Warner, then the Bosa, 
the Devontae Smith play where you don't get a replay till after the timeout. And there was a bunch of, I saw, you know, what Shanahan said was we don't get, you know, we just, all we can see in the booth is TV. All we can see in the booth is they're just watching the, t- the game, the TV broadcast. And then obviously the video board in the stadium and Shanahan said after the game, he was going to throw, this is the first, this is a four. They go for it on fourth down and three. Hertz gets out, puts it. Devontae Smith and um, what well, well, they clearly stoned the play, right? There's nothing there. He has to kind of scramble yeah. drill. Devontae yeah. just takes off. And um, Kyle said he was thinking about throwing the challenge flag, even though he didn't know. And then he looks up and he sees a replay that he thinks is a catch because it's, you know, one of the two replays probably that we saw. And then they come back from break. I just. I, I this is what like we were texting about at Belichick's point is what why is it my job as the head coach to officiate the game for you guys? I, me, guy speaking, I have no problem with the officials on the field missing that play. It's a, even who fungus said incomplete, and then he didn't really argue because he didn't really know. But I think when Devontae's doing this thing and they're all that, running, it's like, oh, well, it's telling you, hey guys, we better go fast. I didn't I catch the ball. Like I, I don't know their signals, and I knew that. Like, guys, he didn't catch the ball, he he's he doing caught. this. He ain't the quarterback. And the NFL apparently gets all of the feeds back immediately. Like it used to be you have to wait for the TV truck to show you the footage. And um, you know, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't why why did, well, they, why did does, you notice Burkhart came said why later? Do Andy guys have to why does why does Andy have to do it for his game? Well, why do they have to do that? I like Kevin a lot. I, I do. Kevin I, I like him a lot. Burkhart. Oh, but a couple series later, he came and basically apologized. Not apologized, but like defended Fox. We just shoot the. It's like no, you guys had a fucking what angle that we didn't what see. Bullshit. Not on you, Kevin. But whoever in that goddamn truck, he needs to go. And then a couple. And listen, you could argue in the first half, like what are you doing? Your timeouts. You might as well be aggressive you in this game. You should have thrown because then I, the next series, Sirianni outduels him. Well, I mean, Sirianni knew though. Like Sirianni knew. Right. Like it was clear. The I understand the uh, I understand the not using it from a, I don't want to lose my one of my challenges. I don't, I don't want to lose my challenge on the first series of the game. The timeout thing. I, but I you, you do get two. You do get two. Right. You don't get one. You get two I, challenges. Second one. If you if you get the first one right. I thought you get two challenges. And then, you lose, the and then once you get two successful, you have none left. I thought you have two challenges. Yeah, but regardless, uh, I understood. It looked like a, I, 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 I understood. I understood. I just don't understand why it's his job. Like, why is it? But, the, but it is. I mean, I, I, I hear you, and I, I, I'm not disagreeing with it. But I just that don't was think a, he had that was enough. a huge swing in the game, which it was ultimately but, if Purdy's going to get injured, it wouldn't matter. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, who's to say? I did. I guess Kyle's. Game script is the same whether the Eagles score in the first. I mean, the uh, yeah, whether the Eagles score in the first series or not. So he's running that same play on the sixth play of the game, maybe one way or the other. Whether it's zero zero or he's down seven nothing. Whether it's fair or not, he didn't have the angle or he didn't. He should have challenged the play, which he didn't, and it got them a fourth and three, which led to a touchdown. It was a devastating non-challenge. And then I yeah, mean, there's just no way around. I, yeah, he chose. I, I I can't say he should have challenged. He chose not to challenge a play he would have won a challenge on. I agree with that. When I, when I'm saying he he chose to not challenge a play in which he would have won, you're right. He didn't know. He didn't know any more than any of us knew. But Devonte knew. 
And that's a Belichick thing. Like you kind of got to be locked into everything, even though he's trying to look up. Don't you, aren't you paying a guy up in the booth? Do they get a special feed? I'm not. No, I, don't all think this they, information. I, I think in the booth, they just get the T they're just watching the TV. And then listen, if, if he doesn't have the information, he pushed out whatever the, the play call he had on Purdy's injury. You could argue he's beyond atrocious. <laughs> and I understand play actions, a big part of everything they do. But to have a backup tight end trying to block their best pass rusher, their best pass rusher. It's just, we always make fun. I remember forever when I was doing Raider stuff and Khalil Mack, like putting a tight end on Khalil Mack, when anyone does that with Bosa. It's it's one thing, I would have no issue if it was 85. It's like, he's proven to be, beside Gronk, the best blocker of the last decade. Anyone beside George, maybe use check, but... That's just a tough assignment, man, to have your backup tight end attempt to do that and just yeah. completely whiff and get your guy. He got killed. On a, on a slow developing play with a guy who doesn't get rid of the ball as fast. The one thing I would say, like we've talked about this with Garoppolo, is Jimmy, when he decides to throw, the ball just comes out quicker. I haven't hand-timed it. Maybe someone will hand-time it for me and tell me if that's correct. But well, it, I, I do wonder if the development of the play, you got to let, because they were trying to let Ayuk get deep, and even Purdy's like, I saw oh, him yeah, coming absolutely. open. Absolutely. There's no question. I'm just saying, like, it happened last week at the end of the first half where, G- where Brock got hit by Micah Parsons, who came from the same spot, and the Niners hit Juwan Jennings on the next play, and then they kicked the field goal before the half, and it worked out. But it was similar. Front side pressure in which he doesn't get the ball out in time. On a play that I assume if Kyle broke down, I don't think he talked about the play itself afterwards. He probably thinks that Debo coming to that motion is going to make Hassan Reddick whatever dance or no, not. He, he, was, he, was asked, he was asked about it, and he said, yeah, the tight end's job is to block the guy. Well, t- Kyle, that's a fucking terrible play call. I understand, call, I understand, I, I understand that. My point is, though, I think that play, some design, the reason you run that guy, I would imagine, is for the secondary, and you're probably trying to keep the edge pressure off him. So – what they did on those first, that was the sixth play of the game. The first five plays of the game, I think they might have blocked Hassan Reddick with five different guys. They blocked him with Juszczyk coming across. Juszczyk hit him with a pretty good block coming across, like in motion at the snap, and then Juszczyk hits him. There were a couple plays in which he wasn't really involved in the play. Banks had had a great block jumping out and hitting Reddick. Everything was happening so fast with him. But to put Charlie Warner, Charlie Warner one-on-one with him. Was it Croft or Warner? Croft, whichever. I thought it was 89, but um, it's just it's inexplicable. Inexplicable on a play that you know is slow developing. It's one thing if it's a quick screen to the other side, if it's <clears> a quick <throat> screen at him, a quick slant. Like there are yeah, plays Croft. in which Brock gets real Croft. There are plays in which Brock gets the ball out quickly, but that play was not a quick play. I don't, I don't get it. Especially if you'd watched the game last week. Hassan Reddick was flying off the left edge constantly. Just I also a think rocket. <clears throat> think about the offense they go against all the time. It's a lot of manipulating just just the Eagles offense, manipulating defensive ends. So those guys are kind of used to, you know, kind of stopping, starting, knowing when to shoot. You saw Bosa had a play later in the game when he was still playing his ass off, where he like just kind of mirrored the blocker and the quarterback. It was a, he almost got a safety. But it was like, oh yeah. When you go against offenses that are constantly messing, when your own offense is constantly messing, trying to get you to shoot down or shoot up, by by week eighteen, NFC Championship or whatever week thir- whatever week we're in now in the NFL season, these guys have played what eighteen games or seventeen games plus. I guess they've only played two extra nineteen games. 
he's only been on the team this year. He's had a lot of reps against this team. Here's the other thing. Hassan Reddick, for a little bit, didn't he play for the Arizona Cardinals? Like, he's seen yeah. Kyle Shanahan before. So th- that was a play that he clearly felt very comfortable to shoot and when to shoot. And obviously, he's one of the more explosive pass rushers in the league. It might be because he's lined up against the tight end. That might probably be the first thing that gets him fired up. So, listen, we, we some plays work, some plays don't. That play had, I mean, just devastating ramifications, not just on the game, but we'll have to, by the time you, if you're listening to this on Monday afternoon, I mean, you might have, might have some pretty bad news. You know, I mean, it was, got the guy destroyed, destroyed. I, I don't even remember too many hits. It, there's a difference between pocket pressure and just kind of a sitting duck and just a guy kind of untouched on a play like that. I mean, you, that, that, that's a play to get any quarterback in the history of the league hurt, right? Yeah. Where I'm, I'm kind of open and the, and the guy's whiffing and the, one of the best passers in the league because part of a seven-step play-action drop like that, I mean, he's how many steps is he? he he's getting some build-up speed there when he's hitting you, right? It's not one of those where it's just I'm a couple feet back from behind the center. He's way back there. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off, not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions last night i was thinking about ordering out and then i reached into the freezer grabbed some ground beef and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night with butcherbox you don't have to worry about what's for dinner ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials you get peace of mind with butcherbox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year. Plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tacovas. Dot com And they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on 
a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear, and it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality, most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends. And mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app. And uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough. And here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. I got to tell you about the Eufy Video Lock. I've spent years trying to upgrade my security system at the house with one of those big name companies that, I'll be honest, sucks. I got the Eufy Video Lock and it's an automatic improvement. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y, Video Lock. It's easy to install, just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. And now I've got the keyless entry. I always go for walks. I don't want to take keys. I hate stuff in my pockets. I go without the keys. The fingerprint recognition lets me in in less than one second. There's no monthly fees. You have your recordings locally. You never have to pay for storage. I love knowing that doorbell ring was just a delivery. I don't have to jump up and get it. Or if I'm out of town, I can look. I can see the landing in front of the door and tell the neighbor, hey, do you mind swinging by and picking up something? I love the three-in-one video smart lock from Eufy, and you will too. So search Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harm credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And not really, even though, I, I got to pull it back up here. Even though the play is coming from his front side, did the fake take his eyes off that side of the field? Purdy called it his blind side. Might have. <laughs> did he? 
Well, Purdy said like my blind spot. I didn't see oh, him coming. Oh, 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 oh yeah. I that think is he, blind. Like he said, I was blind. He basically said I was blind. I didn't, you know, I was looking down the field. Didn't feel him. Yeah. He's looking down. It's what, Matt, it's it's what Matt Ryan and those guys used to talk about in this offense where Rodgers pushes back. It puts you in uncomfortable spots. You know, when I just take a five-step drop, when I do play action, turn my back to the defense, I'm looking and I'm just assuming everything's good. Yeah. When I take it in the sh- – it's why a lot of these guys like the shotgun because I can kind of see – my eyes are everywhere. You are – you're Kyle, Chan- Kyle Shanahan is the puppet master on that type play for your health. And guys, let's just say it, they're all getting hurt a little differently. The amount of injuries this guy has had on his offense. I don't put the defensive injuries on him, but the offensive injuries have been astronomical over the years. And the quarterback thing now, guy, if you factor in last year when Jimmy and Trey both got hurt, and then this year has to be historic stretch of quarterback injuries for, for a team that was successful. I mean, a lot of times if you just say quarterback injured, you just look in the history of the league, like a team that had five quarterback injuries over a two-year stretch. You'd be like, yeah, they won six total games. And this team's won two straight years, a combined 23 regular season games and four playoff games. <laughs> like, There's only one thing left he... to do. See if he can hurt Brady. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's – Tom I, I just versus Time to... and Kyle Shanahan. Well, I was talking to Coward, and he's like, you know, Tom never gets hurt. Well, in that situation, Tom could easily get hurt. Tom, Tom is not. Tom does not run the offense that Kyle runs. Like to me, Tom, Tom can't move. Kyle runs plays where his quarterback one has to move and two are a sitting duck for his play to develop. Yeah, Tom never gets hurt because he just hits the ground. Like he doesn't run these plays. Yeah, so it's play. It's I, some people, most people watching this may have it committed to memory, but it's it's play action. So he turns his back, and then he's got Debo running around, kind of looping around the formation. He doesn't really look at Debo. It's like a safety net. You're saying, like, you know, jump so, off well, that? I mean, well, you know, like sometimes there's a double fake. Like there's the you take the snap, you turn, you fake it to the running back, then you fake it to the guy coming on the end around. There wasn't that. There was just the fake to the running back, and then turn and look upfield. But uh, it was it was still he turned his back for the play action, and Hassan Reddick. I mean, I'm laughing just because it's just outrageous how quick he gets there. I've I've watched this play several times now, and he's you know he's standing up. Oh, it's 81, as everyone has already corrected me. With the Olay block, I mean, he gets his hands on him. He just gets beat. He just gets. You know, and seventy-two. Good job to uh, this. This specific, like when this happens, this is why the NFL is on such a different world than these other sports. Because forever, for the last seven weeks, as every week went by, like God, Purdy's way better than all these guys. God, Purdy locked to be the starter. God, Purdy wouldn't even do Brady. And then one thing happens, you're like, you start rethinking everything. And all it was not because he played poorly. We didn't even get to see him play, just because he got injured. Now you're like, well. Can you take a guy with an injury history? You know, we're back to doing the same thing again. Well, like you said, we'll know more Monday, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more this week. But if it's Tommy John surgery or something like that, which I saw, did Jake DeLome? Jake DeLome didn't tweet it. Somebody tweeted about Chris Mortensen. M- Mortensen, yeah. DeLome having Tommy John and coming back with a stronger arm. Chase Daniel during the game was tweeting about like his UCL. I didn't see if Chase Daniel added on like 
what his recovery time on that thing was. But yeah, I mean, Niners quarterback. I think Chase, I think Chase had the one. I think Chase had the one that just needed rehab and was like four to six weeks. Delome and Roethlisberger had the quote unquote Tommy John, right? Which is not pitchers, which usually knocks you out for 12 months, like a big time ACL injury. I think it is much shorter, six months you're ready to go. But I started doing the math. It is January. It's January 29th. I mean, March 1, uh, right? You just start doing March 1. You're talking about six months out? April, May, June, July, August 1st. It's six months. Will Trey Lance be back by then? Look like him and Jimmy were on the sideline. I said, I said, I I, I text everybody tickets and I'm like, if, if Trey had not had a second surgery, would he have been back by now? And in the meantime, I was Googling. Nah, technically it was season ending. And he said, no, I don't think so. So, I mean, the stories had started to pick up that like Garoppolo would be healthy by the Super Bowl a few weeks ago. You know, when, when does this ever end? Like Andy Mahomes gets hurt. It's like, he's either going to play or Andy's going to play. It's not like, do we have seven other options? It's just like these two guys. It's like Burrow. Just out there laying on the line. Bro just plays every game. Why are the Niners always thinking about eight other quarterbacks? This is this is not normal. This is abnormal. This is, there is a red flag here. There, there just is. This is not normal. It's just right. not. I agree. Now, part of it is Jimmy gets hurt a lot, right? Okay, remove Jimmy. Yeah. Trey Lance, shattered ankle, and Purdy running. One thing, listen, like. He got a concussion. You'd be like, it's a free. I wouldn't put that's a freak deal. If he just would have got slammed, concussion, that's happened. Tommy John? <laughs> Maybe. You can't even make up the injuries. It's like, yeah, broken ankle. This guy uh, broke his foot, plantar fasciitis or whatever. And this guy, Tommy John. It's just like serious injuries. The craziest part of his Niners have been like as healthy as they'd been all in Kyle Shanahan's tenure for the last week up until the Elijah Mitchell injury. Kind of. I mean, you got. You got McCaffrey getting his calf worked on nonstop. Yeah, Greg, fine. I know, but fine. Greg Olson's like, you know, I don't even know if he could transition to quarterback because he couldn't plant off his calf. I believed him. Yeah, yeah. McCaffrey now, the, quarterback. Christian, if I told you that Christian McCaffrey would have to grab a helmet that had a green dot during the game because the 49ers had major quarterback issues, you would say the line... Minus twenty five points for the Eagles probably isn't high enough. That happened. He ch- he they handed him a trying green to find helmet. his helmet, and they're like, a "Let's bring the guy back who everybody the Eagles have now seen on television. Seven hundred clips of him unable to throw. Right? It'd be one thing if he'd gone into the tent. They didn't say anything. Like, there's a world where Brock Purdy comes back into the game and the Eagles don't know maybe that he can't throw. But this was not that world. He was gone from the game too long. I guess context clues you can probably figure out. Well, Josh Johnson would not be in this game if Brock could throw. But it's pretty crazy to have a quarterback in the game that everybody knows can't throw. And then he said after the games he couldn't throw more than five. He said 10 or five yards. Uh, Kittle said they had six defensive linemen on the field the entire time. Six. Now, Kyle had a good point. He said instead of just going wildcat every play, Right where you're running just trick plays that are not going to work when they know it's coming, that we could run a normal run game with him handing it off instead of doing McCaffrey use check crazy things, right? Yeah. You could just run your normal run game. He threw the screen pass 
to McCaffrey, that play was going to work. And just two offensive linemen didn't block the tackler. Wouldn't you say, though, you, can, you can't run screen pass after screen pass after screen pass because everyone was two sides of the field. <laughs> it was. Uh... <laughs> the problem is a bubble. You actually are throwing the ball probably, you know, farther than 15 think, yards yeah. to the sideline. The field's 52 yards wide. So if you're in the middle of the field or on one of the hashes, you want to throw it to the wide side of the field. I mean, it's a 25-yard throw. So actually you can't. Like all those behind the line of scrimmage throws that don't seem like long throws, they're actually long throws for a quarterback who can't throw five yards. I feel like I earned some respect. Not that I didn't have respect for the guy, but just clearly he could not throw, but he was in a lot of pain. He stood there on the sideline. Like feels like some other quarterbacks have gone back to the back and never be seen again. Like I, I do appreciate a guy just standing there on the sideline and then even coming back in the game. Yeah, and not, you know, if you, I think sometimes guys who feel like they have some obligation to prove their hurt act, you know, the facial expressions and the, like his face, for all we talked about, like his face, his face did not change, which is part of the reason you're like, bro, are you sure you can't play? Because his face looked the same as after he throws a touchdown. But clearly, you think most people on their couches were like, what's going on? This is weird. Oh, I think everybody was saying that. Why does he look so normal? I know, but it reminds you like when a baseball pitcher motions to the trainer and they come out like, Hey man, you want to try and throw? And he like starts to throw. And then the other thing was, and he can't, when they would show Brock Purdy throwing on the sidelines, they never showed how far he was throwing the ball. It was just a close up shot of him. So we had no sense of like, he's, he's trying to throw, but how far is the ball traveling? Right? Yeah. It didn't make sense. What are you grinning about? Nothing. Just thinking about Purdy. What we witnessed today. Do you think they would have won the game or could have won the game, however you want to phrase it, if he if he plays four quarters just based off the five and a half, six plays we saw? Well, I think it's impossible to take much from that because I, th- I think it's fair to just 100% say we got absolutely robbed. The two best teams in the NFC by a mile, the two best rosters, could have been a really freaking good game. I got no clue. Do I think the Niners would have won? I do. I put two thousand dollars on on the 49ers to win the game. But like, I, I can't take anything away from those. Like the six plays, yeah, I think they would have moved. Niners have star players. Jalen is clearly not himself, or just one. He's never been the most accurate guy, but his deep ball dials off. So they were primed because their quarterback is not a pinpoint passer right now with his shoulder messed up to be had if Purdy just played a solid game. I would say early on it looked like Purdy before he got Tommy John like actually looked much calmer today than he did last week, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he did. Uh, my answer to the we question. Got, we got robbed, guy, of a real game. In the NFC and AFC Championship games, typically you get just good games, the best teams. We got nothing. We yeah, got, I mean, a valiant effort by the Niners in that first half, just the defense giving everything they had, and then eventually you just, what are you supposed to do? My answer to the question is yes, they could have won the game. with Like, yes, they were. I'm not, and Philly could have beat them with Brock. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen in the game, but if Brock Purdy were healthy, uh, they absolutely could have won that game. And uh, I guess what, what my real answer is, I, I was, 
more confident after the game they could have beat Philly than before the game that they were going to beat Philly after watching Philly. Now, Philly might have adjusted their game plan offensively, knowing the 49ers really couldn't. At some point, they realized Niners can't score. There's no reason for us to really push the ball down the field, I thought, because they Philly really stagnated. Wisnowski hit the punt down to the five. The Niners' defense was good. Philly had stopped throwing, uh, stopped pushing the ball down the field. It was weird. Then they started doing it again, and they didn't hit any. Charver, Mooney made a mul- multiple good plays. Um, so I he, over, I, he overthrew AJ by a, a mile. That was yeah, that was one that. But that's part of why. Yeah, that's a good. I'm glad you said that. That's part of why I felt that way. Is I, I don't watching it happen. I thought the Niners' defense, though it was ranked the number one defense in the league. And might have been the best defense in the league, I guess, was not. There are other levels of number one defenses, and they were not on the tier of, in the last 30 years, the best defenses we've seen that were number one defenses. That's how I felt coming into the game, and I thought they'd be susceptible to the Eagles' pass game. Watching the game play out, and and I got again, I got to allow for the possibility the Eagles did things differently, knowing they just didn't have to make mistakes and they should win the game. Definitely in the I, second half. When I came away, yeah, definitely in the second half. But but I came away feeling like, yeah, you know what? Actually, the Niners' defense was going to in an evenly matched game was going to play better against that Philly, that Philly pass game. Did not look when the game was really in the balance, and then I and everybody was still, you know, kind of in the balance. That Philly pass game was not as much of the juggernaut as I expected it to be. Totally agree. And the thing we'll never know is like what would the Niners passing game look like for a half? Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, Juwan against their DBs. First play of the game, what'd they do? Spread them out, said DB linebacker on George. No fucking chance you guys have. Yeah. And what George do? Immediate. Boom. Easy. Ayuk. Then once he gets injured, it's just, it's just, bleh, bleh. It's just nothing. It's not even, you know, you never even show anybody that tape ever again. Beside the new defensive coordinator here showing the guys next year what it's like to keep fighting, you know, to on his defensive players. Or D'Amico showing the been, Texans, this is what fight looks like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a second interview, John. The Texans really want him to prove it. Uh, I don't, does Harbaugh have a second interview with the Broncos? He's, apparently he met with the Broncos. I thought he said you can't out happy happy, and then he's still he's had about seven interviews with that uh, Walmart guy. What's going maybe on there? Maybe they're just two uh, titans of industry trying to connect on details of how I can to see Harbaugh being field. like, we're just two boats passing the night. You know, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, the other thing that we would not have known, and you have to give the Eagles credit on the play that Purdy got hurt on. Uh, was pretty just going to be under pressure all game. You know, Josh Johnson comes in and almost fumbled on his first series because he got blasted by Reddick on second down. Uh, I think it was second, if not maybe third down. Um, but, you know, that's one of the questions. Like the Eagles would say that. Like, hey, man, if you guys had – if if Niners had Brock and were dropping back all day, Hassan Reddick was going to be cutting it loose all night. And just because Croft might not have been on him again, McGlinchey might have been. So – don't act like we weren't going to bring, bring in the heat on, you know, this idea that Brock definitely would have survived the next four quarters. That That's what, if I were an Eagles fan kind of countering the point, or, you know, if you want to play devil's advocate for Philly, you have to be real with the possibility that they hurt the quarter. Like part of hurting the quarterback on the first series is you got to the quarterback. The Niners did not get to Jalen hurts in the same way that Philly was able to get to. They, they, they pressured him. 
They made plays break down. I thought they played a really good game defensively up front when that game was in the balance, but they didn't, you, you don't get to Jalen Hurts with that type of hit generally. Well, early on in the game, when it felt like the game actually was a game, the 49ers were not rushing Jalen Hurts like they were rushing Purdy <clears throat> because he can run. That clearly the game plan coming in, D'Amico, was the wide nine fly up field was actually like take two steps and stop. And that's what did they do? They forced Jalen to like, we're going to make you throw, bro. We ain't just going to let you run around. And he was not having it. It's like this is a, this game plan might work. But then when the Niners have no chance at scoring, it was it didn't even matter. You know, that, that's what was sad. It, it was going to be these great players, X's nose. See, I, I thought Olsen, you know, said it pretty well because he's right. I mean, there are four head coaches in this game, right? Yeah. All the coordinators. D'Amico, yeah. Kyle, Steichen, and it, I thought Gannon was going to be the Texans head coach. Maybe he's not. <laughs> Maybe those guys actually are getting jobs. But, you know, we didn't get any of that because it was kind of fascinating. The Niners were making Jalen throw. They were stopping. You're right, though. It's harder to get pressure on Lane Johnson for Nick Bosa than it is on Reddick on that side. Like he, he was going to generate Lane's more only pressure. Torn his groin twice, and in pain every single time he you know jumps off sides. But they give him the he gets he's, he's basically the, the it's like the he's got the blue pa- placard. That's why he gets to start half a second early. <laughs> Joey Bosa told those guys to go Snapchat their butt buddies. <laughs> You know, maybe that should have been the first edu- uh, indication that things that not- Joey was rattled pregame. <laughs> Joey was rattled. in a Niners jacket. I saw Big Cat says anytime you bust out within the first couple insults, I'm richer than you. Is always he's in your dome. <laughs> when he said, "How about your fines last week?" and he said, "I can pay him because I'm rich." <laughs> Joe- Joey was woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something, didn't he? My question: Why was everybody? Just, why were the Boses just all congregating where he was just an easy target? You know, like this, this guy. Let's let's get into the stadium. I get he's the not going to beat you up or whatever. These Philly fucking people are nuts. I mean, Joey Bosa's what six four two six seventy? Like, that's not just the random guy you just openly feel com- comfortable blasting, is it? Are you Snapchatting? Uh, no, I'm just filming you. I'm just filming you, so go ahead and take a shot at me. Yeah, that guy was praying he'd he'd hit him, then he'd get a couple million. Joey in the night. How you? If you're Dean Spanish, you're paying Joey like a hundred million. How do you feel about him in a Niners jacket? I I do think you're you know. Not everyone's the Mannings where they just wear sport coats to their brothers. I mean, most people do what, you know, I, I think it's more than fair. All right. I don't have any big issue with Joey it. did, you know, potentially blow your playoff game, but Brand, at least Brandon Saley picked up his helmet twice. You ever seen a, a coach pick up the player's helmet? The head coach? What do you mean pick up his helmet? I don't remember that. We, what happened? Joey slammed his helmet. Oh, oh, oh. Right? well, team, yeah, you got to, I get it. Team leader. Brandon grabbed his helmet. He's the head coach. That's I don't know if I don't know if Belichick would have grabbed the helmet. After a penalty. Yeah, after you get the penalty. You see Joey's girlfriend's shoes? The huge, like the red she boots? Had them, like the Lady Gaga's. Yeah. It was like uh she I went well playoff shopping. All right, baby, get something powder blue. <laughs> no, I'm getting red. <laughs> For when we go see Nick. Did you, you think, think they were in a suite? There's no way he was sitting in the stands with people, no a bunch of Eagle fans around him, right? There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> he would have, he would have, how edgy he was before the game even kicked off, he would have gotten a fight. 
And if he was in the stands, I will not be shocked if it does come out. He beat up some people. Can you just see him just taking out like 30-year-old Eagles fans talking shit, like banging their heads against each other? Yanking people off telephone (laughs) poles. Just kicking everyone's ass. You know, they greased the telephone poles. It didn't work. Uh, no, I saw they climbed up. This is, um, you know, night of the game. I'm, I, I don't. I hope this isn't. Uh, this doesn't come off as like uh, glass half full because it's not the intent. I do. I do. I'm just. I'm just looking at all my notes from the game and kind of rattling through some of the things. McCaffrey was a Christian McCaffrey was a war daddy today. That touchdown he scored was. I mean, the sweetest touchdown as a Niner by far. Yeah, it, it was just – it's up there with some of the sweetest Debo touchdowns. <laughs> Jennings kind of helped. It was an incredible touchdown run. It was an incredible run. He was really good. Well, that that's what made you think. Reddick, uh, Ridgeway – or not Ridgeway, Hargraves, Sweat, the defensive line was going to be a problem. Like, we knew that coming in. They have one of the better defensive lines. But it felt like all the other cats, if you could just get by them with Debo, with Ayuk, with Kittle, with him – there were plays to be made. Like, that's where the Niners were going to make plays on them. Th- their safeties and random linebackers that Trent Williams almost killed were not just going to tackle these guys every single play. Could Reddick, the linebacker, could Fletcher Cox, like a nickel corner, or, or the DB or whatever he was, could they have for sure? The, the D line was going to be a problem. Just like their O line, their O line's legit. Their O line and D line are what they hang their franchise on. But it felt like all the other guys, like I think the Niners, like we can get after these guys, right? And once the quarterback got hurt, you just don't have a chance to. It's just like it just becomes the D line versus Josh Johnson, kind of is what yeah. it felt like. Yeah. Which is you're screwed. You know, it doesn't become like an eleven on eleven game anymore. And that feeling, I just don't believe there's a feeling like this in sports, and it's like this in the regular season too. When a star quarterback or a legitimate starting quarterback, it could be Dak or Cousins goes down. In baseball, in a playoff game, if my starter goes down, even if it's Verlander, if it's one-one, like I can get through the, I can win the game with a bunch of random bullpen guys. It happens all the time. You know, in, in football, when the quarterback goes out, it just, especially in this situation, there's no other way to think like. This this is just what are we doing? This so game's are, fake. Are you saying there's no scenario like if you simulate the game a hundred times with Josh Johnson playing quarterback, Eagles win it ninety nine point five times out yeah, of hundred? I, I agree with you. Whether he fumbles or not at the end of the first half, how are you going to get through the next two quarters? But I, I would the one counter would be, you know, part of the sport is you putting pressure on a team for four quarters makes it harder than putting pressure on them for two quarters. And the Eagles, and it sounds like I'm taking, I'm not taking, I just, I'm saying if you ended up in a 7-7 game or a 10-7 game after three quarters somehow, you'd have to say there's a shot. I mean, you just would. Even though I'm with you, it's just how? how? You're saying saying if he comes into the game in the fourth quarter? Uh, No, although that's a good point too. I'm just saying... You know, a, a game in which you don't turn it over at the end of the half, it's a tie game going to halftime. Even if you don't score right away to start the second half, which I I cannot assume you were going to, they didn't score the rest of the game. They got the ball to start the second half. They didn't score. Um, You know, if you're playing a game in which the Eagles are not up two scores and just feeling like we got this thing, by putting pressure on them, maybe you give yourself a better chance to win that, you know, a, a player under pressure is more likely to make a mistake than a player who's not. Yeah, it, it, and you're right. 
the you get credit as a team for knocking out the quarterback. That, that's a long-standing thought of what defensive coordinators tell their teams and head coaches that are defensive guys tell their team, we're gonna knock this fucker out. They Especially don't mean like, like this. Put him when in you get to him. when you get him when you get to him in the pocket, right? Yeah. And you KO him. And honestly, they they KO'd Josh as well. They were KOing these guys. KOing them. They did. Knocked them both out. Purdy was just not concussed, so he was able to come back in the game. He just couldn't throw. Yeah, which <laughs> is the sign of a, a team being overmatched. Their quarterbacks getting knocked out of the game, right? Well, you could argue one thing's clear then. McGlinchey, who says he would, you know, basically realizing he ain't coming back uh, after the game. I watched some of his – he didn't give a press conference. He was talked to his locker. Reddick on that right side, unless they left Kittle in every single play to block, was going to cause a massive havoc, just like Parsons. I mean, they – they think how hard it was to win last week. It's, it ain't Trent. I saw someone's like, Trent's this great offensive lineman. Why do uh, quarterbacks keep getting hurt? It's like, hey, guys, this was some idiot on Twitter. It's like, it all happens on the other side. <laughs> it's never Trent's guys coming un- unhinged, right? So it's it's the right side. Now, the big picture, there's no way to get like, find some Lane Johnson on the street. It would just be Jalen Moore or some other random guy. But it is going to be a weakness. Their right tackle is going to be their worst offensive lineman, you know, because you can function even with, as we've seen with a random center, Banks, Burford, Brunskill, that group is more than serviceable. There are so many good defensive linemen, and they just consistently, when you got Trent Williams, they're just going to, even if the guy naturally lines up a lot of times on the left, that's where he's going, they're just going to put him over there. And that that is just a big picture red flag for the 49ers. They're going to have to figure out a way to just be a little more compact over there in the passing game because that that is getting guys killed. And we've talked about this. We haven't talked about it in a while, but innovation. You break the huddle. You make the defense lineup first. Then you put Trent Williams, you know, up against their best pass rusher. You're saying he travels too. Yeah, I'm (laughs) saying Trent Williams travels. Not opposed. I'm just saying, desperate post. times call for desperate measures. Um, and he's a he's a Hall of Fame type player. So, <laughs> who killed an eagle? <laughs> grabbed him by the back of the show. I mean, grabbed him by the like a like when you grab a like when a dog's like a a mama dog picks up the baby dog by the neck and just drops it somewhere. I I, I don't understand. I, I would imagine forty two didn't quite realize Trent Williams treats Debo like. A brother, like a thought, like a like a member of his family, and they were kind of getting into it. They kind of followed, and you could see him seeing and walked over. At that time, he had nothing to lose, and you could tell. Like I didn't know that was going to be the end result, but something was. It's like if this thing pops off, he's the, he's kind of you could just sense. And do you know what was pretty impressive after Trent? Luckily, didn't break 42's back. Did you see how fast Banks got in there, too? Like, these guys were not. They're all kind of a little group here. I don't know where McGlinchey was. I saw I saw Jalen way over there. He's like, I'm not getting in this. I don't blame him. Trent slammed that dude hard. hard. Yeah, they had a lot of pent-up aggression, too. That was part of it, right? Shanahan yeah. was at the point where he was screaming, yelling about calls that were totally legitimate. He was just – he had had it. Did you think the Buck Mason – Roughing the kicker. Kyle's argument was he was grabbed and thrown into him. We didn't take the plant leg out, right? He didn't take the plant leg out. As Pereira explained, it doesn't necessarily have to be the plant leg if 
You don't let the you guy wipe out, the guy man. out if you wipe him out. He was, you know, I always, I tend to not like that call all the time because, like on that play, you're making a. There's a difference on that play. He's making a legitimate play on the ball and was right there. Right, he actually missed the ball. To me, it doesn't. I, I think the pun, like, I think the punter last second kind of moved because he was right there almost because it looked like. In slow motion, it's like he's blocking this, and it feels like the punter goes to the right side of his hand. I, I think when it's weak is when it's like, if I had gotten a piece of the ball in the same play, it's not a penalty, but I don't get a piece of the ball right there. You know, it's one thing when the ball's kind of gone, and then you go flying to the kicker. On that play, he was there in time. The ball just, you know, he missed the ball. It's hard to, you just put your arm out. You're not necessarily aiming. That's what I don't like that call. But by that time, I was I was checked out. It just it didn't feel like it mattered. Yeah, I mean it was uh what was it, twenty one to seven at that point in the game? Josh Johnson was already out of the game. <laughs> so, so and that that drive who Funga gets the late hit on Hertz. I'd like I'm I'm not gonna tell you that's when you knew it was over because you knew I mean it it was over before then. But you know what's crazy? Niners at halftime, six yards of carry, Philly four yards of carry. Hertz was 13 and 19 for 97, but I've seen this a little in the chat and I saw this on social media and listen, this notion that Trent Williams, like, like crossed the line, they were in a scuffle. I've seen a lot of Eagle fans like that is fucking bullshit. What he did 42 got kicked out of the game too. He was grabbing Debo. You're going to get in scuffles in life, whether it's in football, whether it's in the streets, you better be prepared for fucking better. Keep your head on a swivel. If he had grabbed a guy, like, uh, remember Beverly took out Chris Paul? Just an innocent dude standing there. It would have been Bush League, right? Just a guy standing there. He grabs, slams. That was not what happened. This dude's in the fucking hu- the whatever's going on, connected to Debo and getting in his face. You do that, like, you might get slammed. You're saying you know, we, get just, a, we, we get in a bar fight. You bump the shoulder of, of a UFC fighter. He kicks your ass. You started the fight. You, you can't sue. Or I'm Broken standing pain. there, I'm grabbing the UFC fighter, even if I don't really want the smoke, I'm trying to act like I do. Fair game. If yeah. I'm just if UFC fighters are connected and I'm just like, I'm trying to get out of this bar and somehow Chuck Liddell hits me in the face, that someone's getting sued. That's a disaster. What Trent Williams did to me is not that crazy. He got a guy in the scuffle and he taught the guy, <laughs> you know, big dogs eat little dogs, homie. <laughs> Fucking hit the ground. If he had done that to some random eagle who had nothing to do with it, it would have been ridiculous. That is not what happened. He he came to the scuffle, and he's just the biggest dog on the, you know, he gets to punish the guy. Right. Because he's the much wrong stronger. guy entered the chat. Yeah. This notion that 42 some innocent bystander. Bullshit. He wanted the smoke, and he found out that it was pretty hot. He got burned. He's, he's honestly lucky he got up. Really one of the top five moments of the game for the Niners. It was the best moment of the game. Well, the McCaffrey run, I would put at the top, I think. That was cool, yeah. The Bosa almost sack was pretty sweet, too. because The Bosa end zone play. Let's, John, uh, now we bring you the top five plays <laughs> of the <laughs> NFC Championship game for the 49ers. Drum roll, please. Uh, yeah, can we come up with – here's the question. Can we come up with five? McCaffrey we- run, Bosa play. Yep. Uh, Fred just had a couple just fantastic plays. Fred showed Fred up. Warner's just, return from injury. Bosa's return from injury. Was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fred, Fred was 
how about the fr- I guess you know Hertz bobbled it, but on that I th- I think it was going to a designed quarterback run anyway. I think it was too. How about the McCaffrey throw seventy five yards down the field to absolutely nobody? <laughs> Didn't take a sack. Greenlaw's punches. Oh, three. I saw somebody tweet like, if he's not left-handed, that's really impressive. Like with your offhand to hit the ball three straight times with the punch. I would doubt he's left-handed. Why? Do you think that's a fair penalty if you're hitting the ball? I didn't think so at first, but then it's then they show it like the play was I didn't the play was over. <laughs> the play was so over. <laughs> I, I, love that, like, I don't think Greenlaw knew he had screwed up. Like, I think Greenlaw thought it was a legitimate play. Well, did you see him swinging live thinking that, like, is he going to get tossed out of this game? Uh, it, you you yeah. couldn't tell he's hitting the ball. And then slow motion, you're like, that is one of the most coordinated things. I thought today, I saw someone tweet Greenlaw's having a bad game. I thought he was all over the place. Running down guys, flying around. I don't remember a Niner player since like Jimmy Ward over a couple of years span just growing on me to go like this guy's a legitimate starter. I, w- I want this guy in the trenches with me. A little crazy want, too. Kind of want Jimmy Ward back. Feels like he already knows he's gone. Uh, Mooney, yeah, Mooney Ward, PBU. Uh, what, did you see Jimmy Ward when he found out that Devontae Smith's play should have been incomplete? No, what would he do? He was like, "Oh, that should have been incomplete." This is in the hu- like in the media scrum. He's like already dressed. He's like, that should have been incomplete, and the holding call was bullshit. I had a pretty good game. (laughs) (laughs) He was fired up because that ball should have been incomplete, so it wasn't on him. And this Uh, is the point. And listen, I I think Jimmy's played well, but you get late in the season. I mean, Jimmy's kind of been openly talking about how he's going to be gone. (laughs) Kind of a weird part of the business. I hadn't seen him in a while, and then I saw him back grinning tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Him and G- both Jimmys had pretty big smiles all night. I, I think you know, the listen, first I, Jimmy smile was with Trey, who might have also been smiling. You know, I, I think you you learn in like little league, definitely in high school football. I remember it, Pat working for Pat Hill. You the sideline one when things are going really well and you're going to win, maybe you can start a little grab ass fun. Losing. I think that's something that's ingrained in all these guys at a pretty young age. Like, you do not want to be caught playing grab ass smiling when you look up and it's 28 to seven and you got three quarterback injuries and you're one of the guys injured and you're making a ton of money and we've paid you $150 million. That, that I'm a fuck around guy sometimes. I like the bullshit. That, that's an awful look. That's an awful look, guy. It, it was, it was a terrible, that, that was the worst look of the day. I, I mean, if still he shot. hadn't if he hadn't played so much tough football for them, he'd probably get be getting killed for it. He wasn't a beloved teammate. It's not a reflection of like his toughness or what he's done for the Niners. I'm just saying that look in that game on the road. Oh, I, yeah, I know. It is that can't happen, man. I don't blame him. Why Judge Gary? He's not going to be on this team. Yeah, He'll like, be long gone. He's a New York Jet. What do you? But that that's just come on, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what well, what else you got in your notes there? Well, once Josh Donson Ooh, got injured, notes. they they stopped. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, I, I couldn't. I, I kind of took it seriously up till seven seven, but once he fumbled, 
I mean, it's just this is my my notes, my game. Like I, I'm so dialed in, play in, play out. I don't remember it hasn't happened since 20 a game where I'm just like pacing around, dropping my pen. Like what what is what what is going on? I don't remember what is going on. It's felt like it's probably like a preseason game, you know, when we're not really kind of screwing around, not really focused, not none of it really or, matters. Yeah, or like it's a game where cool. they're up. They've had a few games where they've been up, but I'm like, I'm not taking notes anymore. But even then, you're watching the game, having a good time. This was one like it. It was a surreal three hour experience. It was real. Kyle's faces. A lot of the faces. One thing why Jimmy pisses me off is because I can't imagine if I was Fred, if I was George, if I was Usechek, if I'm Trent, if I'm all these guys like in this war where we have we're not going to win. There is no chance. Portnoy had a great tweet like this has to be the worst feeling as a fan where it's like, you know, healthy. If things are right, like you could win a game, but you're watching a game where you got no shot. You got no shot. They're playing hard. Guys are still getting tackled. Guys are still kind of getting hurt. And you got grab ass going on on the sideline. Like th- those two guys, and I, I didn't really see Trey, but Jimmy definitely was smiling. But nobody's playing grab ass. I mean, Kyle is having an ulcer. You got it. You could see, like, you could constantly see visuals of like Anthony Lynn talking with Usechek and McCaffrey and like some other coach. Like, are they trying to like scheme up some mm-hmm. running back path? Everyone's just going. To, the ship's going down. We're going down with it, but we're gonna go down with our fucking heads high because we're a bunch of war daddies. And I got Jimmy G, hundred fifty million dollar man, pulling with his roll, uh, Range Rover waiting for him back with a plane touchdown, smiling. Like it's just. No, none of the other teams will care. I, but if I was his teammate, I'd be like, come on, man. That would piss me off. It pissed me off having to watch it. Like, like Jimmy, no one's smiling here. No one's smiling. My list of stuff to be pissed off would be much longer than that if I was his teammate, I think. We, I mean, there's a million things, but I'm just saying like that is just embarrassing look. Really? Is. Yeah, I don't. Has he been away from them for a while? Because to me, it's kind of feels like well, how you then it's kind of did they bring him the day hoping that maybe he could be healthy and be the backup quarterback for the Super Bowl? Kind of felt like that is what maybe. Doing. Yeah, maybe I Debo was the other guy. Debo had a run at the end of the game when the game was so over. That was just <laughs> incredible. I mean, he lost seven yards, but it was just a, another testament to like. You, you know, I, not that today's the time. Yeah, he was returning kickoffs. You, I know. It's just you understand why Kyle and John were just not going to do what the Titans did, which was and, – and A.J. Brown. I mean, who wouldn't love to have A.J. Brown? But it's – I just – I give Debo a lot of credit repeatedly. Not that Debo needs the credit. Debo gets plenty of credit. But I thought it was a pretty impressive performance by Debo today in a game that you know, nobody will ever look twice at it. Three catches for 33 yards and uh, six uh, rushing attempts for minus nine yards. The game well, in the Debo box score Hall of Fame will not get remembered. I don't know if Ray Ray got hurt or why Debo is back there, but it wouldn't shock me if Debo was like, put me back there. Maybe I'll take one I, of the That's house. what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right? You know, maybe I'll get a touchdown. Because I, I thought the only way they could get touchdowns were defensive scores or punts or kicks to the house. That was the only way they were scoring. You do realize why on some of those all-time great defenses, the Ravens, the Bears, 
when the entire season their offense sucks, how frustrating that has to be for all their war daddies. Like, th- this is, we can't score touchdowns. Some of those John Lynch Tampa Bay teams that had no offense. Can you imagine just having no offense, but being a good team? What that feels like for all the sweet Hall of Fame level players on your team? Like, how often just over breakfast when it's just two of them? Like, this is so ridiculous. Like, I was, we, we don't, we're not asking for Peyton Manning here, but can we just score 18 points a game? It, when you can score like the Niners seven points, and it was just like if they get to ten, it's going to be a miracle. Right. Th- that that's the most deflating way to play the sport of football. Not only is it, it going to be a miracle, like they're going to have to do it in some weird. How are they going to put a drive together? They're not going to break any big plays. They're going to need like a pick six, but the ball's not. There was one deflected ball over the middle. Uh, it was going to make the the win against the Packers last year blocked punt touchdown feel like. I don't know, not a miracle, whatever the opposite of a miracle is, just a ho-hum, run-of-the-mill play. Because at, at one point during his postgame, Kittle said, and he didn't mean it the way it sounded, I don't think. He just said, you know, having two quarterbacks who can't throw, who are unavailable. I think he just meant, like, we went through two quarterbacks, we had no quarterbacks left. I don't think he meant it like Josh Johnson wasn't capable of throwing, but maybe he did, I don't know. Um, and then he was asked, how, how, do you remember how the question was worded? Like, how does it feel to lose a game with no quarterbacks or something like that? The, when he I, answered, I thought it was like, what does it feel to lose in the NFC, cha- NFC championship game? I thought the question included a, like the part of what happened without the quarterback. Because I think what that means is like, you didn't have a ch- You came today and you didn't have a chance. Uh, I think that's the part that has to feel the worst. It's just you had no chance. You had no chance. Um, after they, the guys, game, they they played the second half with just runs. Like I, that, I I don't ever remember seeing that. Yeah, and maybe it's happened before in like a in a wild card game when a quarterback went down and when we were younger. I don't remember in any recent memory a bowl game, a, a game, a playoff game. Honestly, it doesn't happen very often in in college or pro in football games. Wouldn't you say? Where you get into a position. Where you can't throw? Does it feel like more often you have a third person who can kind of play quarterback? I mean, I some teams, teams have do. three carry carry three, some don't. But this is the argument you know that people have made before: is like just have a third quarterback eligible, and if he comes into the game, then the first quarterback is not allowed to come back in. It's a simple rule, right? That's the suggestion. It's like just carry three quarterbacks, so you don't ever end up in that spot. And if you if you ever use the emergency quarterback, I think it's called the emergency quarterback. Then the first quarterback is just never allowed back. It's a very simple rule. I'd argue if you're down to, if, I mean, you travel you travel players who aren't able to play anyway. You're not saving. What, what 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 would be the reasoning to not just have the third quarterback available whenever you needed him? Not even know, like not be able to pull the guy back. I don't know. You tell me. What what a front office guy? Well, I guess if it was like a, if it was a if it was a separate roster spot you could manipulate it with another player call a guy quarterback that was actually a skilled guy cover kicks and stuff that's had to play quarterback let's see what i would do is you just say you it's the emergency quarterback is a third quarterback if that person plays the starting quarterback is no longer eligible so you can't fuck around with the roster so you can't like oh he's also covering kicks you know it's like an extra (laughs) tevin coleman berg (laughs) joey otani (laughs) yeah so i i yeah that's that's fair uh but guy here's the thing this doesn't happen no, it doesn't. It's it's and, and again, wh- who would that person have been, and would that how would that have saved them? 
who would that guy have been? Josh Johnson was the backup. Who was the third stringer? Uh, during the game, John, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau tweeted, way this game look, we might be better than the Niners. Joe Staley said, you're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. Don't let the New York media affect you too much. <laughs> Maybe that's a top five matter moment. From the I thought you were going to come. Oh, shit. Where'd you go? Milkoff <laughs> hit the table and knocked his, his camera wire loose. That's what just happened. Shit. I can hear you. <laughs> now he's gone. <laughs> uh, all right, he'll fix that. I don't know what he thought I was about to say. He just hit the table so hard that he sh- he rattled his camera wire loose. <laughs> then he yells shit. And we, for those of you who are listening to this podcast, he yells shit, disappears from view, and now he's back. What, what, what you- I thought I, I thought you were going to bring in Armstead's tweet that was like. Bro, we just watched your film. You sorry or something. I you said I that tonight. Armstead quoted this tweet too, but this one's funnier. You're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. Like that's a pretty strong, like that's a strong Joey Bosa shit talk. That's a good that's a, he, honestly he could have just left it at that one. Don't let the New York media affect you. I just wish you would again. You're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles, which is so true. Kayvon. Shut up. I, I saw Kayvon get into it, I think, with Micah Parsons. Like, Kayvon, we, we need to pump the brakes. Are you an all-rookie defensive end this year? Like, did you have a really good season? You had a couple good games, but the hype on you, like, are you going to have 10 sacks next year? Are you going to have 10 sacks next year? Now, I don't blame – a lot of players are chirping, but he feels like he's – He's Michael Parsons. I think his tweet to him was like, uh, they got back and forth over something. He's like, Michael said that maybe Kayvon dropped, you know, what are you doing this weekend, bro? He's like, just getting ready for the Pro Bowl, LOL. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good comeback. But it feels like, you know, Kayvon's trying to talk with some of these big dogs. It's like, let's. You know, let's pee with the puppies before we run with the big cats. You know, yeah, let's just yeah. let's just slow down a little. You know, well, I just no. He's been Le- LeBron has has made him feel as though he is on tier one. I think LeBron had a good performance last night, Oscar winning, <laughs> Oscar winning performance. Um, there was a comment here. Where did it just go? Here we go. CJ, media needs to hold Shanahan accountable. This is insane at this point. Four QBs isn't bad luck anymore. Kyle Shanahan has had now in his career. Now you got to play in big games to lose big games is one way to look at it. But he has had some of the most heartbreaking defeats. Now, there are a lot of heartbreak. Zach Taylor's had heartbreaking defeats. Like, when you lose big games, they're heartbreaking. But he plays in some of the weirdest freaking games that any of us have ever seen. NFC Championship game, last year's NFC Championship game. Uh, I mean, obviously, his 28-3 Super Bowl was crazy. OC, OC. OC. But... You know, I, I mean, would you the would, Super Bowl that he was the head coach of? The, oh, yeah, the nice. Super Bowl. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's that was number one on the list. It is number one because it's a Super Bowl. This was the weirdest thing I've ever witnessed. This MC championship game. Um, was he is he the Eagles Andy Reid right now? Um, I mean, I think it's the closest thing if you're looking for a comp in recent years, 20 years ago. I would say 
And he went to more NFC Championship games. But, but he's uh, only been on the team. He's only been the head coach for six years. Yeah. I. You know, the other thing it felt like, and I don't know, you you, you kind of got to Philly on the tail end of that, or I mean, not the tail end, during that, Brian. as it was ending, um, which I guess is the tail end. It felt like Andy had had more losses that were the were the the main criticism after the game was Andy. Whereas I think Jimmy's taken a lot of the flack and Andy's like it seemed like Andy's clock management got a lot of the heat. Although I think Donovan probably got a lot of heat for the most part know, but, over oh, over his tenure, right? For you know the the core of it, he had a Pro Bowl quarterback the majority of the time, right? He had a consistent answer quarterback. Now, I think there were a couple years Donovan got hurt. But for the most part, most of those NFC Championship games were with Donovan McNabb. There has been a revolving door, right? Like, it's pretty easy to make excuses. Well, Kyle's at Jimmy. Well, now he's got Purdy. He drafted Lance. And it's like, they just they haven't figured out the quarterback position. Yet they've had success, right? They went to the NFC Championship this year with a seventh-round player. They've gone before twice with Jimmy Garoppolo. They haven't even figured it out. Now, you could say, also say that's just a testament to, like, the the team that him and John have built. It is a fantastic team. But until you figure out the quarterback position, like, even Jalen. Just day, part right? of his job. Which I would say is the most important job, uh, especially given that he's the play caller. Yeah. is like Jalen today, who's nowhere near as dominant as he was pre-injury. But he was still pretty serviceable, right? He still could make plays. He still kept a lot of plays with his legs. He was just very functionable. Like he, I thought he was, I mean, him relative to what the Niners were doing with, with Josh and then a guy that couldn't throw, you know, it was night and day. So you, you just have to find a way where you can just count on a quarterback. And it feels like we're back kind of to square one, depending on the severity of this injury of like, they're just quarterback questions. Like, are there no quarterback questions for Kyle? Can Kyle just come out if, you know, Purdy turns out he didn't rip it. He's just going to need the classic rehab, rest. He's going to be okay. Uh, this happened to the other guys. He'll be ready by OTAs. He's just the starting quarterback. You're saying like – Because that's where it was before we kicked off. Right. And then this happened. He doesn't need Tommy John. He just needs to play. Is he the lock starting quarterback OTAs? Yes. If he If he doesn't – if he's healthy, he's the lock starting quarterback OTAs. Before, based before, on obviously the guys they have on their roster, but I'm just saying, like, is Kyle this? This is the question. Like, is Kyle? Are we reading some rumors over the next month? Like, they're sniffing around some stuff. Well, I mean, Brady, John, is Jimmy going to be back? Right, all of all of those things. But before we talk about like the future quarterback stuff of it, Kyle is now coached six seasons. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's won one NFC Championship game. He's lost two NFC Championship games. Uh, next year, the Niners will try to do which has been something that's been very difficult for them, which is to be really good start to finish in back-to-back years. I started to say they haven't been good in back-to-back years, but they went to back-to-back NFC Championship games, although both years were very bizarre. And every team's seasons are, you know, a little bit of roller coasters. The Niners have some of the biggest roller coasters the land has ever seen. Um, but Mountain. Which is, what is he? Is he one of the best coaches in the NFL? Because that's what I thought about him before the NFC Championship game. That's what I felt about him for a while. And I still feel that way. Is he f- flawed? I mean, yeah, every coach is. But 
you know, I, I don't I don't hit the offseason for the Niners thinking that Kyle Shanahan isn't one of the best coaches in the league. That's how I feel about it. Well, they're I don't even need to see their offseason. They're going to be a preseason favorite to win, you know, the Super Bowl. They're going to be one of the their over under probably be 10 and a half. Like people are going to view them as a playoff really good team. Despite, you know, what what happens at right tackle, what happens with Jimmy Ward, it'll be new pieces, but the core guys all coming back. We'll see the quarterbacks, Purdy and Trey are on, like they're under contract, so they can't go anywhere. They'll probably add a veteran quarterback. Whether they add Tom Brady or whether it's Andy Dalton, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, if Tom Brady was signed, they, they would be, you know, a lot of people pick them to win the NFC, I guess. But regardless, Kyle Shanahan is viewed as a guy every year people think his team's going to the playoffs, right? It was like that two years ago. It definitely was like that this year, and it'll be like that against next year. So that's a really good place to be in. They have a position where I'd say universally around the league, people think he's a good coach. I'm sure we'll get into it later this week once it becomes official. He's hit two home runs at defensive coordinators. I'd say a solid home run with Salah. He hit a grand slam with D'Amico. Like, D'Amico's a star. And you don't keep stars forever. Andy had stars, they leave you. That's part of the business. Unless you're Eric Bieniemy and you're the offensive coordinator, you're interviewing for other offensive coordinator jobs. Very bizarre. I had a couple people DM me like, hey, man, I'm a Chiefs fan. I don't quite understand this. I'm like, yeah, no one really does. I think it's just pretty clear the Chiefs want him to go. But that's a whole nother conversation. He's he has to who's gonna be the next defensive coordinator? You see for people that aren't following, Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs and is interviewing for other offensive coordinator jobs. Countless. Countless. I guess you could argue maybe the only way to become a head coach is to prove to people I'm the OC by not being Andy's OC. Maybe. You could make that argument. But anyway. I think so most people that. just stay with Bill, stay with Andy, stay yeah. with Kyle, yeah. and then you become a head coach. Right. But losing to Miko. Did I see this morning or was I dreaming? Did Vic Fangio, is he Mike McDaniel's defensive coordinator? Good question on did you see it or were you dreaming? It was reported that he did take the Dolphins' job. Then somebody said, I talked to Vic. It's He hasn't taken that job. Then somebody else reported, yes, he has. So I don't think the Dolphins have announced it. I'll, I'll hold on, double check. Yeah, I didn't see it for the Dolphins. I, I saw it like uh, it was one of those. Alistero like- said agreed to terms. Tom Pelissaro tweeted, okay. So he's off the market. Uh, who is going to be his next defensive coordinator? Because you would say over the four, their four-year run now, right? Even 2020, when they had all the quarterback injuries, their defense that year was good. So for four straight years, their defense has been really good. And they've had two defensive coordinators become head coaches in an offensive league. Who's going to be his defensive coordinator? Because last time with D'Amico, he gets credit for this because he – hired him originally but like it was kind of an easy choice for a kyle i think I, I don't know if they have an easy choice on the staff do they hire outside the building kind of feels like they might have to they haven't had to do that with these other two guys he hasn't really had to do that you know with his other little minions he obviously added you know uh anthony lynn and greasy and some of those guys but he kind of knew them all you know so is he gonna hire a guy that he knows would he hire like hackett's guy the UC Davis defensive coordinator. Uh, I can't say his name correctly. Giro, I thought yeah, Giro. Yeah. Like, to me, I'd be all over that guy. And I would imagine Kyle has been talking to guys the last couple of weeks when D'Amico's telling you, I'm going to leave. Like, he's. it's not like he's coming to this blind starting tomorrow. But that whoever that name, the 49ers have named so-and-so to be the defensive coordinator is a massive moment just in his career. Because you just look back at Andy and Belichick, guys that sustained success. 
they're always going through different coordinators. And for the most part, it's like, oh, that guy was good. That guy was good. That guy was solid. This guy was another upgrade. It's like not every guy is just a star. Right. You know? And it might be that, you know, depending on what happens with the Broncos, maybe he just stays to be their defensive coordinator. He may not be available, but that's a good pick. Feels like Chris Kacarek is the defensive line coach is the right fit. He could go former player Daryl Taps, been coaching for several years. He's on the staff. I don't, he's I, also a D line. Yeah. Young man. Um, so I don't know. It does feel like he'd have to go outside. It's a, it's another, you know, one thing with Shanahan, and I don't know if it felt like this with Andy, but one thing with Kyle is like every offseason, it's just there's big decisions to make every offseason. I say I saw somebody say in the chat, like, were you are you serious? Are you really gonna go play QB uh uh I don't know what it was. Roulette? Yeah, at some version, maybe QB roulette all over again. It's like, well, that this is this, these their options are Purdy, probably golf at injury. Jimmy's a free agent. Lance off an, and off an injury. Lance off an injury. Free agent Tom Brady. I mean, really, those are those are your options. You're not you you're not acquiring Aaron Rodgers in a trade. That's not happening. The Packers aren't yeah. trading you Aaron Rodgers, right? Free agent Derek Carr. Like you're not. It, the, it, it, but but options are the guys that we've seen. But the the options are there. These guys and Tom Brady. Those are the options. That's the, their offseason. The Packers, Schefter's already said they're trading him in the AFC as they should. But even if they were like, we'll trade him whoever's the highest bidder, the Niners don't even have a first or second round pick. So even if they would like, yeah, you have would, to trade they would, him Nick Bosa. <laughs> yeah. Which, who's about to get an enormous amount of money, right? That's another thing this offseason. So it's just, but this is the maturation of running an opera. When you are successful every offseason, for the most part, you're losing a guy. Like it's, as Belichick. The point right? of a franchise quarterback is you don't have to do that thing every offseason, right? Yeah. I mean, Purdy, I think the key is going to be with Purdy, you know, this MRI in the next 24, 48 hours. Because I would say if he needs Tommy John, that's a pretty big whoa. Like, hopefully he's ready. Like, Tommy John, hopefully he's ready for the start of training camp. I mean, that's. I'm prepared for that, right? <laughs> Aren't you? Couldn't throw. Couldn't throw. Because the one thing with getting hurt this late, I started doing the months on the couch, thinking, oh, training camp's like nine months away. John, it's February 1st. <laughs> you know, you're actually not that far away. OTA start around the draft. The draft is two months away. Super Bowl's going on March, right now. I guess, or 60 days away. 65? February's a short month. February, March. I guess the end of April, so three. But you start practicing before the draft, right? Guys come in. You also your, have a your team. If, also if Brock Purdy is your quarterback, and you feel good about it. I, uh, he played like two, three months of football. No, two not months even of football. He played two months of football, basically. With if the injury is the injury with Tommy John. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying is like he played two months of football. The offseason is important to him. <laughs> yeah. So even if he's ready to roll a month before the season starts, that's not you know ideal. Would, would you take a quarterback with one of your third round picks? Um, no, I don't think I would. I seventh round pick maybe. Uh, I don't think I. I wouldn't. No, I would not. Because I I've got two. I got two guys that when they're I I've got a starter and a backup when they're healthy. 
with a broken foot and a Tommy John. Yeah, neither one will be healthy at the time of the draft. Well, Trey might be. If he's got Tommy John, obviously Brock's not. So how does it, what does this change? Like, what does this change? Is Trey alive? What do you mean Trey alive? Trey's alive. No, I'm saying the Trey's repping all the first. It's just. What does this do for 23? If he, if he has, if he has significant elbow surgery, let's just say that. Does that bring into, does that mean Trey Lance is back in the mix to be the starting quarterback, even if Brock is healthy by the time the season comes? I would say no, but he gets the entire offseason. I mean, because Brock wouldn't. I think Brock would be the starting quarterback if healthy, if August 1st he was ready to roll, you'd think. I, I do not expect Brady to come, and honestly, I don't even expect them to be interested in Brady. Brady does not fit this offense. Brady can't move. He does not fit the offense. Do you agree with that? He can't move. Yeah, they would have to change for him. You think Kyle's going to change for him with his group of guys? Um, I he should have four years ago. I would not do it now. Yeah, I mean, again, part of this is like you guys sit down and go, "What are my options here?" And the doc goes, "All right, well, Brock will be back September one, and Trey, yeah, man, Trey will be back, you know, June, ready to roll. He'll be cleared." And Kyle's like, "So it's Trey." It's healthy Trey versus Tom. And so what are my, so my options are I change my offense for Trey, which I've already done. I got that thing. I got that playbook. Cause I, I watched Trey and Brock. Brock didn't use Trey's playbook. Brock used Jimmy's playbook, right? Pretty clear. Trey and Jimmy and Brock, two different playbooks. playbooks yeah. Different playbooks. So like, I think I do, th- even though I fundamentally agree with you, I do think that's gotta be part of the thought process is like, well, do I want to change it for Tom or hold my breath that Brock's going to be back and ready to roll or just, we'll just try the Trey thing. And we felt okay enough about Trey. And I do think I'm, I am with you. I think they're ultimately they're going to roll with Trey and Brock because I think they believe in Brock. So worst case scenario, we'll try the thing we tried with Trey until Brock's ready. It's not the worst thing in the world that the quarterback you turned you took third overall has some more time to play and develop. Yeah, they, and plus they, they they're on the hook. The signing bonus, you might as well just roll it out. Like right, you might ro- you, you, it it behooves you to just write out the four years of his contract. Every end of the season, is like wow, what's the offseason gonna be like? And the Niners just find incredible storylines <clears throat> for the offseason with their quarterbacks. The, well, because it's always the, real- the quarterback. It's the quarterback. <laughs> It's, it's the most. It's not. It's not the right. Like at the end of the day, McGlinchey might be gone. No one actually cares. It's the quarterback. I and think quarterback. I mean, just to have these injuries and free agencies, and it's like, oh my god. Just like predicting what you know, April May will be like. I think the story is, if if Brock is, uh, we're, you know, I'm I'm saying this under the assumption that Brock is going to end up having significant surgery. When Brock is healthy, does he just get to be the starting quarterback again? Yes. If if it's just him and Trey, yes. Yeah, if it's just him and Trey. He's earned that for sure. I Fred, agree. Fred said after the game, did you did you watch any of Brock after the game? I did. I watched all of Brock after the game. When he's like, I feel awful. He started listening to the names. Yeah. Then for Fred the for the vets. And he started with Fred. And Fred says he doesn't need to apologize to us. We wouldn't be here without him. And this is where I think people People, people watching this, maybe not, but just overall, like, have a misconception of how much better Purdy was 
than Jimmy Garoppolo and how much success they had with Jimmy Garoppolo. And Purdy was on a completely different level. So I think when Fred's saying that, it's like, Brock Purdy was fucking good for us. He th- he made plays. We're a team full of playmakers. And a lot of times, Jimmy wasn't a big playmaker, but he was smart enough. He just made it kind of enough. This guy was on a completely different level. And he was in a different universe than the... Never forget, they the vets wanted Jimmy Garoppolo, not the other quarterback that they drafted three overall because he wasn't as good. And Brock Purdy's way better than that guy. So... You know, I based think, on that three that that trio, Brock Purdy's the best of the trio. It's not even arguable. These guys have all played a lot of football and they've seen what happens when backup quarterbacks come into games. We've all watched a lot of football. We've seen what happens when the backup comes into the game. Eight times out of ten, when the backup comes into the game, it looks like it looked with Josh Johnson, who's been a pro for 14 years. He was drafted in the fifth round of the 2008 draft. He played for Jim Harbaugh at San Diego. Right. So he's been around a long time. He's been on a lot of, he's been on 14 teams. He's got a lot. People like him, clearly. He must be smart, clearly. Right. Like you don't play, you just don't, you don't last that long, even if it's 14 teams. If you're not a good person and, and bright and sharp and whatever and have a basic ability. But that's usually what it looks like. And I did think that during the game, like, God, I think it watching it on the, watching the Eagle game really highlights when we're trying to debate over the last two months, like how good is Brock really? Well, look at what happens when most backups come into the game. It looks like what it looked like with Josh Johnson. That's usually some, ver- maybe it looked a little worse. Maybe it usually looks a little better than that or better than that, but it's usually much closer to what it looked like with Josh Johnson than what it's looked like with Brock. And it just was, it just slaps you in the face. Like Brock Purdy looks like a starting. That's he plays like a starting. He is a starting quarterback. The 49ers starting quarterback got hurt. Their next season's starting quarterback is coming off is going to be coming off of an injury. If Josh Johnson, I mean, that's what those guys a- recognize. It's like it doesn't like guys. We've seen backups. It doesn't usually look like Brock, for sure. And, and Josh Johnson had been the quarterback over those seven games, not Brock Purdy. The 49ers are not playing in this game. Obviously, their co- coaching and front office knows that, but I, the players know that. One thing you would say about the 49ers players, would you agree? Extremely high IQ guys. They're they're core guys. Yeah, understanding like what's good, what's not good, respecting good players. They just get it. Yeah, I'm talking about like the top 10 core guys like they they get it. And I I think they know because they saw it. I mean, they kind of sniffed it out with Trey like, uh, guys, we got a problem. There's the elephant in the room in training camp. And you and I were going to these practices. It was the elephant in the room. But everyone trying to be positive. But these guys all had this game on their mind. Like, this is what we're shooting for to get to the Uh final four, get to the Super Bowl. It's not about like being the Lions, taking a step. Like we're trying to fucking win double digit games and make hay come January. And like, we don't see which way. Honestly, I don't even think they think Jimmy's some star. They just know that like, let us carry the thing. We can get there. Yeah. And then they saw Brock is like, God, this is what actually happens when you get contributions from a quarterback, 16 touchdowns over seven games. Sky's the limit. And that's why I think you saw in their faces after the game, such like they had seen a ghost because they didn't even get a shot. They're like, this is this doesn't feel fair. And I think most of them said what all of us say in any line of work, in anything in our life. Life sucks. Life cannot be fair at times, whether it's stuff that happens to your family, stuff that you see on TV, kids, anything like life is very, very unfair. 
sports are no different. And that was what felt like a very unfair moment for people that felt like we were worthy of being here. And it just goes because this freak injury. But the problem is back to you were saying Brock Purdy's way better than Josh. Like, how serious is this injury? You know, is it if it is really serious, like that does throw a wrench in your plans a little bit. Because we've seen it with the Niners repeatedly. Jimmy was hurt and didn't come back as quickly as they Jimmy needed like a surgery later. Trey got surgery and needed a second surgery after the fact. So you can't assume once you're going to go under the knife that everything's going to go smoothly, that it's going to go perfectly. We've seen enough pitchers, if it's Tommy John, we've seen enough pitchers that yeah, some guys come back, their arm is stronger, six months later they're ready to roll. Some guys need a second surgery. So one hundred percent. What if it's like you know he, we hope to have him ready for week one of the season? Is he good enough to just miss trouble. the entire off season and just you know it's it's hard. I mean, yeah, I think he's good enough to you know based on what we just saw him do. Right, I I, I have a little more confidence in him. When I say good enough, but like how if he's not able to do anything off season, you get you get worse when you're not able sure. to do stuff. Yeah. yeah. You, and you have new players around you, maybe, right at that point? Most of the core offensive skill guys feel like, right, McCaffrey, Mitchell's three games a year, Jennings, Debo, Mitchell, all back. Two get, Mitchell missed two games in three seasons in college. In years, like, his first year he didn't play that much, but maybe, where was it three games that I texted you? Three games in three years? I think it was two games. In three Whatever years. it was, it was a small amount. It was two games in three years. He becomes a 49er. <laughs> And like what happens is when you walk into the building, into the running back room, you walk through this door and there's an invisible uh, uh, just kind of coating and it removes all of your your ability to fend off injury. And you just Dur- durability goes. If it was a video game, if you're like a 93, the moment saps. you walk through, you're immediately 50. Yeah, it's like it saps you. You go into a realm where all your superpowers are sapped. <laughs> like Batman without the ability, to, or I guess he doesn't have a superpower. Uh, a Superman without the ability to fly. It's crazy. Um, but Batman yeah, I mean, superpowers, Alfred. Here's, here's the one thing I'll say for for what was that? Is Alfred? Oh, Alfred know, is always always helping him out. The car. Um, one thing I will say for Brock, and you saw this too. And in fairness to Josh Johnson, he hadn't been on the team all year, but he's has he been on a Shanahan team before? You see, I mean, he's, he's definitely played for one of the guys. <laughs> they were getting delayed games like crazy once he came into the game. So the one good thing with Brock, if he has to miss a lot of the offseason, I know he knows the playbook like the back of his hand already or pretty close to it, right? It's not like, well, Brock needs him. You know, now this offseason, he'll be able, be able to get in the playbook. We'll be able to run more plays for him. He he runs a pretty smooth operation. The play clock would get low on them sometimes. But when Josh Johnson came into the game, it was a constant play. I never. How many third? I, how many like I couldn't, third? I couldn't even get mad at thirteen. No, I'm not. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at Josh yeah. Johnson. He couldn't hear as he kept. And the play. Kyle, honestly, my thought was Kyle. This is where your long ass play calls really hurt. It's loud and there's not a lot of time and this guy hasn't played before and they know you're screwed and it's just that. There was the one time where he got to delay a game. Might have been the first or second time. The whole huddle looked to the sideline. Like, Kyle, we don't have it. He doesn't have it. And I wonder, it starts crossing your mind. Like, if you're listening to this and you've ever worked with someone, you, like, want to like him, and he just has no clue what's going on or just completely over his head. 
in most businesses, right? It's like you have time to teach them. It's like whatever. Can you imagine being or you in just that leave situation? Them behind, right? You could just yeah. like, hey, what, we'll we'll take over this part of it. Yeah, or you got time to learn this. Don't worry. You're in the middle of the NFC Championship game, and and if you're George or Trent, you're like, it's not like I can start yelling at this guy. That's not going to do no good. We're screwed. We are screwed. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. But you like you try to stay upbeat, you know. Then you well, Kittle was trying. Kittle, Kittle did once Brock play. came back in the game. It felt like they felt in a weird way better with Brock that couldn't throw came back in the game, which is they, they did worse. not like Josh in the game. No, they didn't. But they were worse. I mean, like him or not, like they were worse with Brock in the game than Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson completed balls. <laughs> he did. I, I he threw a couple balls. He, I mean, no one's going to give him his credit. He darted a few throws that I thought, like, you know what, man, that's that's pretty impressive. Guy, you don't play for 18 teams in 15 years without having some talent. Without being able to make some practice throws? <laughs> uh, John, um, after Eric Armstead tweeted, don't do that, bro. I watched y'all film at Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon tweeted, we all watched the Super Bowl from the couch. Laughing emoji. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, I, I, I would just leave these guys alone. <laughs> You get bodied by average tackles is one of the great lines of all time. <laughs> You're a flash player who gets bodied by average tackles. In, in fairness, I, I think that's a decent description of the guy, right? For a guy that has been anointed a little bit. I don't know if this is like uh, the Cave on Love podcast because it's probably the opposite. but uh, no. And he is talented. I, here, other thing is, I, like, I follow some players, but a lot of them just get retreated. I enjoy guys watching football at their house, like taking it in. You know, Julio Jones famously said, "Like, I don't watch football. I hate football. Yeah, I play, I'm good at it." Like, uh, Micah Parsons is like my favorite active player. He just he's got he never stops. <laughs> and I disagree with some of his takes, but it's fine because you can tell that he's not taking his takes too seriously. No, they're just his ta- he's just taking just tweeting some takes. Somebody said that Kayvon asked Joe Staley. Who he is? I don't, like. Who are you? Yeah, I, I thought student in the game. I thought game on. So, yeah. so he doesn't know who Staley is. He doesn't know who uh, Jeff guy, Saturday he, is. Guy, he said that despite Alabama winning all those national championships, he made the right decision. I'm he, screwing he, that he up. Pick up. He can pick up the phone and he put Clatt in a really tough situation that night with, with that with that yeah, comment. That, that, that's that's an all timer. Um, you got anything else in the notes there? No. From early in the game on the uh, on the old Niners, other than the crazy just, thing you've ever seen. Let's just let this thing simmer. Um. All right. The did I see Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl line out yet? Did I see Eagles? I thought someone. I saw someone in the chat say that the Eagles are favored. Uh. uh Eagles are favored by two. I would like to take the Chiefs plus two and a half. Plus two is what I'm seeing right now. I did feel before the game like there's just a little, and again, the Bengals were in a position to win. Just a lot of just Bengals love for a game that's going to be 17 degrees at kickoff in KC. Did you see Gronk call it the loudest stadium he's ever played in? Kansas City? Yeah. No. I He, he wasn't. He was on the Fox he was on the okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't on CBS. They, they, they were asking about Kansas City. He said it was the last place. 
said last play they ever played. You see how cold when they came to the halftime of like Boomer and Phil and those guys? I mean, they were wearing oh like God. triple beanies. It looked kind of cold in Philly, but they could wear like normal coats. They look normal. They come to Philly. It's like I, you couldn't tell Boomer or Phil which one was which because they were covered. It looked that looks so cold, man. I, it had to be probably just like 13, you know, where it's just just well, frigid. You know what's crazy? I checked in the second half. It said it was 17 degrees, which made no sense because it was like 17 at kickoff. And then, you know, it gets colder. The sun goes down. It's been two hours. So I didn't quite understand. Did you agree when you saw their their booth with the guys on the sideline? Oh, how cold they Sims were? Sims has like you know you realize he doesn't he's got like blonde eyebrows so he's got the beanie on and just like his eyebrows are frozen off his face. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was hilarious. I think now it's been a long time, and Andy I would imagine over these last ten years has made a boatload of money and he's had a boatload of success. This is his third Super Bowl in five years. They've been kicking ass and taking names. He he is in football heaven with his quarterback. They, they are he's he's a competitive, obviously, football coaches are competitive. He is playing the team that he had his, a lot of success with, became very famous, and also paid him a lot of money. They didn't fire him, you know. Now it's several coaches removed from the guy that replaced him. How could you not? Several think about coaches. It? If, if the if the people that fired you are still there, how do you not still think about it? Yeah, it's one thing if it's just the logo. I think it would be pretty good. Like if you like Andy, I'm sure would have said like you know if this would have gone right in this game, we we could have been a six Super Bowls in my career instead of just this is my third right, or I guess fourth in his career because he went one with the Eagles this is third with the Chiefs. So potentially if a couple other bounces in some of those Eagles games, maybe he'd been a six or seven total. If you are going to get to another Super Bowl and then if he wins this game to have his two Super Bowl victories, one in a crazy comeback fashion against a, the 13-3 and three dominant 49er team and then beat the Eagles who are having one of the greatest seasons in franchise history after they had fired you, that's a pretty good like couple Super Bowls on the resume, isn't it? I would say so. And I, I would also say like you know that the other guys don't want to lose to you. Not Sirianni. He doesn't care. But, like, you know that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman no. don't want to lose to you. Like, that, even if you have no ill will, just on a competitiveness level, you don't want them to have that. You don't want to give them the satisfaction of beating you. It feels more right, even though they're banged up. I mean, Mahomes, what would you put his percentage at? It's tough because he threw a not his arm fine. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if I'm what am I gonna say? He's 60%. That touchdown he threw to MVS from like was sweet. I'm just a laser beam. Because I saw somebody tweet like that most court like that this is a PBU for most quarterbacks. Like the ball doesn't get there that fast. But it felt like his leg, his leg was at 20%, 30%. He yeah, ran what was it, right? Yeah, I think it was only at the end of the game when he got shoved. I was going to go a little higher, 50, but yeah, I bet when you factor in, he can't really move beside kind of gimp around. Now, it does look like he's pretty comfortable kind of doing the gimp around, like he's already got a pretty good feel for it. little harder. Now, the Bengals defense, I'm, Redick is catching you, but he does have two weeks to get right. It'd be a pretty legendary just... It just feels like Andy and Mahomes... Again, Mahomes is injured. If he was healthy... They deserve to be the Super Bowl champs, not like what I watched over that Philadelphia Eagle team today.
No, and that's why I and Philly could beat them definitely. But I just I came away and I had a buddy tell me this who played in the league like I don't know probably like week eleven somewhere in that range. He's like, hey man, I've watched Philadelphia. I think he was listening. Maybe we talked about it or something made him say it. He just texted me. He's like, I've watched Philadelphia. Like I don't get what everyone's they're like. They're not that great now. That's not what I'm saying today. They're in the Super Bowl. They just beat the 49ers. But I think the Chiefs are just a little more real. Like, if you told me Nick Sirianni's not coaching the Eagles in three years, I'd believe that. Yeah. They just kind of go sour or they replace him with the OC or the DC or something like that. Like, he clearly is good. But them running Jalen Hurts in the game gave me some real McCarthy vibes. Like, what are you doing? You're up multiple scores against a team that cannot function offensively. Your quarterback is currently nursing a shoulder injury. Why is he running the football two weeks before the Super Bowl? Well, their run their run game is Oklahoma guy. Their run plays are just that kind of give that's, thing. That's fine. It was whatever it was, 20. Not then. I, not I agree, then. But... It, it to me had like some McCarthy just like, what? why the are you guys running Jalen Hurts right now? They didn't, they didn't. It wasn't seven to seven. It's like twenty-one to seven. Niners could not function. They were on Brock, and they're like icing the game with Jalen running. Why? It's it, it, it's it like uh, that. Well, that that's the Steichen's the office. Of watching them do that to me was like that's. You you do not deserve to if that if those are the decisions you make you do not deserve to beat Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes at the Super Bowl. Not not when Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Hufunga, Jimmy Ward like they could hit this guy. In well, front. and they're pissed. Like, and it happened. <laughs> he got hit before Hufunga hit him late out of bounds. Jalen broke off some sweet run. He got a first down, and they like oh Jalen took a big hit here, and they show the replay. He gets hit once, he gets hit twice. They didn't stay for the third replay, which maybe was Hufunga. I don't. It was like helmet to his lower back, and he got up kind of. Oh, you could tell he was not feeling good, and they run him again, and then of course Hufunga tries to throw him into a, you know, I don't know, into the uh, bottom of the camera well or something. It just made no like the Niners look frustrated on defense. Guys, what are you doing? It just felt like malpractice to me, but. Um, at least we got Patrick Mahomes today, John, who threw on one leg for 326 yards. It was just incredible. Two touchdowns, no picks. Burroughs, I thought both the, thought both the quarterbacks were pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, Burroughs threw two picks. The second one, you could argue, is not really his fault, except he did throw into double coverage. So the T. Higgins touchdown was incredible. You know that both that guy that tipped it and the guy that caught it were rookies, and obviously Watson, who had the other pick, was a rookie. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Veach is doing, but he's landed sweet dudes all over the place. I didn't realize all what? three of those guys. I mean, I knew Jalen Watson. That's what I thought they said on the broadcast. Obviously, Watson, thirty-five, is the rookie, the Washington State guy that was USC transfer, who's just good. Did right? McDuffie tip the ball? Uh, no, who's also a rookie? It was six. Who's Jay and, Williams? Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense because that means they'd have four defensive backs that are all rookies. Like, is this the greatest rookie class of all time? Who's 23 on the Chiefs? Joshua Williams, who is a rookie, fourth-round pick from and I, I Fayetteville think, State. I think number six on the Chiefs, Brian Cook. Who's Brian Cook? 
Uh, Brian Cook. A rookie? Is a rookie from Cincinnati. <laughs> so they have they have four rookies in their secondary. One thing you notice when you watch them, they got a lot of young talent. Pacheco's young. I mean, MVS is a younger. Uh, yeah, that guy's sweet. Juju's hurt. Uh, Sky Moore, who had to play, I would imagine in a couple of years a would be good. Return. Yeah, I mean, it feels like the Chiefs draft pretty well. Honestly, we, we actually talked about Sky Moore the other day being a disappointment. Without his return at the end of the game, they might not get that game-winning field goal. The punter, if you know, if you saw, like got got rid of it really quick because I don't think he wanted to get it blocked, and it was like a low liner, a little like uh, Tom Coughlin and what's Matt Dodge style because it got to Sky Moore because they had mentioned, you know, you know, uh, Sky had muffed a couple punts early in the season and got yanked. Well, obviously oh. he had to go back there because of injuries. So right when they said that and he's punting, I'm like, oh, this, but no one was even close, and he had a bunch of green grass. I thought that was the second best win of Andy's Kansas City career. Obviously, the Super Bowl is hard to beat, but when you factor in his quarterback's hurt, Juju's hurt, uh, Tony, the dude they traded for from the Giants, he got hurt. He was missing his receivers. Sky Moore's not supposed to play. You can tell Pacheco's kind of limping around out there. Uh, Kyle's guy, uh, what's what's the running back's name? That Andy's, yeah, I mean, they're just kind of dependent. They're like quadruple teaming 87. It's just... I, I'm watching that game when it's tied 2020. Like, how's Kansas City going to move the ball? And they just found a way. Well, they had that have- shows you though. If you do it long enough, like Andy has lost that game in his career. He's yeah. lost that game, right. and you just do it long enough, you're going to come out on the other end of the game. He has lost, maybe not like Kyle, but he's lost the game tight like that, which hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt when you lose the game tight. But at least you enjoy the whole game. Like we got a chance to win. That that was part of it. Is there was no enjoyment. Uh, my buddy Pat just sent me a, a text. There's a Reddit from Reddit. Oh, it's a link to a. There's a doctor on on YouTube, Brian Sutterer. He's got six hundred ninety thousand subs. Maybe I think he does. Maybe he does like sports videos. Uh, uh, he he claims that uh, Brock has time. He's going to need Tommy John. I haven't watched the video. Looks like he re- he reads his lips when he says to Kyle, "I can't throw." Fifty nine thousand other people have watched this video in the last four hours, though, and um, so all those people have the information. But you can go check out that video, see his breakdown. Jackson on the stream says he just watched it. Well, we'll react to it in the next twenty four hours when we find yeah. out. Yeah, we need Tommy John. Um, I wrote down here: blame the refs? Question mark. I can't, I can't even talk about. It. Let's talk about that tomorrow. Okay. Uh, let's see. I just want to make sure I didn't. Uh, I think. I think we uh, we got to work on our top five lists, and um, yeah, we got two weeks. To, uh, we got a week to the Pro Bowl. So, Christmas for all the Trey Lance fans. I wouldn't get too excited yet. I wouldn't get too excited yet. All right, y'all. As always, thank you for hanging. We continue on. We expect to be back with us. It sounds like you expect to be back with a stream on Monday, John. Monday? I would expect there'll be some Brock news. Is that what you said earlier, a second ago? I don't I, I'm not even thinking straight if I okay. did. Yeah. We're not promising anything. I mean, if, he, if, he, if he needs Tommy John, I mean, yeah. When there's news, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back soon. 
and uh, a lot still to talk about. So keep sending us your takes. We appreciate that. And uh, Brian, my, my guess is my my guess is whenever the MRI, he'll go for a second opinion. Isn't that usually the way it works in baseball? To uh, Doctor James Andrews, or well, I'm just saying, like Joe, you say you need Tommy John. He'll like we just wants to go to a couple other doctors. You think just if he needs Tommy John, he's like, yeah, I'll just take Tommy John. Doctor Neil Ella Trash. It doesn't feel like the first guy's just getting a lock. He's getting Tommy John, even if the guy tells no, you Tommy I think, John. Well, here's uh, the thing, <clears throat> Doctor Frank Job is no longer with us. Um, RIP. I, I expect it. I, I well, he gets an MRI, right? Then he goes probably. He gets the MRI. Then he probably goes to see like James yeah. Andrews, right? Is it James that does all? Is it James that does all the Tommy John? James retired, I think. Who does all the Tommy John surgeries? I think James used to, but they might have got a new guy. I don't know. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Anyway, like that—that's what I would expect, right? He gets the he gets the MRI, then he goes to see the expert. And um, yeah, all right. We're shutting it down for the night. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. We did great reporting. <laughs> we did do great reporting. Thank you, Alien DGN for the ten bucks. <laughs> Later, y'all. <laughs> Like Matt Mayoko's. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.